Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Every day's a Saturday. Folks, good morning. Welcome into the show. I've currently got my head under a television set trying to fix things. Has he done it? Will it turn on? I don't know. Hopefully I haven't broken that um, forever. It's a beautiful SDN sign uh, that sits behind me uh, on a wonderful uh, television screen. Well, the TV's gone on. I just can't get the SCNZ signage up. First world problems. My name's Daniel McCarty. And I'm live with you through to one o'clock. It's working! I'm a genius! Do you know what I did, Ben Francis? I pulled the plug out and put it back in the, in the wall socket. And do you think I've run a marathon? This so, down and up a few times. Oh, I'm so out of shape. So oh. did, you, did you just turn it on and off again? Basically. <laughs> I was going to call our tech people, but they would have just told me the same thing. Hello, Bacon and crew. Hope you're doing well. I love tech. My, they're my fa- they're my favourite staff members, even ahead of my co-host and producer. He says that expecting some sort of backlash. Two minutes after ten o'clock, I'm Daniel McCarty. Ben Francis is riding shotgun. Good to see you, friend. Hope you enjoyed your weekend off. I certainly did. Wonderful weekend away with the family, as we always do around this time of year. Just thirty-five McCartys. Could you imagine that? Whereabouts? Whereabouts did you all um, descend? Right to he. So that Just, uh, about, about 20 k's n- what, nor, what was that? Go past Awakuni, keep going about sort of 20 minutes. Oh, so we would have been not too far from each other. Oh, where were you? Topor. Oh, beautiful. Wonderful part of the country. Fantastic. Went up to, uh, you know, we went to the land, a bit of a wander around, got in one with nature, quite literally. Eating any carrots? Nature called. No, nature called. Had rather an embarrassing moment on a on a long walk. Uh, we'll leave that alone, shall we? Yeah, but it's very very nice. It was a lovely break. But uh, I'm delighted to be back in the saddle. That that guy who I finally got to do a show with is not here and won't be here for a number of weeks. But fear not, people. Grant Elliott's dulcet tones will be heard each and every Saturday while he is on tour. He's in Pakistan. Uh, New Zealand are, are playing. Uh, ben Francis, what I'm calling the Kiss and Makeup series with Pakistan, five T20 
internationals, five one-day internationals, and those one-day internationals, I think, have taken on a whole lot more significance uh, with the injury uh, to one Kane Williamson. Isn't that devastating? When we were last on, Ben, uh, it was April Fool's Day, wasn't it? We thought this was a bad April Fool's Day joke. Well, clarification on the significance of that knee injury, ACL, it's, it's a huge blow for him personally and the team and we fans. You, you just can't replace a guy like that, like for like. He's world class. Uh, it's incumbent on uh, the selectors to get uh, the makeup of the side right and uh, others to pull up their, um, you know, strides, so to speak. Uh, we'll talk to Grant about that and also the series. We'll be joined by Grant after 11 o'clock. Uh, he's had a busy couple of days getting to Pakistan, getting ready and uh, ripping into action. So he will join the show. Thomas Wardrum's going to join the show. Huge matchup in Super Rugby. 2.30 kickoff as well uh, due to some faulty lights at, at Sky Stadium. They've had to move this game to afternoon kickoff. It is the Hurricanes up against the unbeaten Chiefs. Heading into this round, this was number one, number two on the ladder. The Brumbies have subsequently gone to the top of the ladder after they went over the draw last night. This is a huge matchup and really keen to get people's thoughts on it in just a moment because we will open the lines. Um, the Warriors are in action, in action again. Another game against the side they've already played, a bit like the Knights. That's the North Queensland Cowboys. The oddity of the NRL draw, as it stands right now, the uh, Warriors are still in the eight, but uh, some worrying signs defensively for mine over the last couple of weeks. Can they right those wrongs uh, at home? We will have the call for you on SENZ. Uh, so they're the two big games today. As far as what else you can expect on the show, we're going to... Um, Chat to a man who knows one or two things about the American uh, motorsport scene. We've got a couple of Kiwis gunning uh, for glory in IndyCar this weekend at a very big race in Long Beach, probably the second most important race on the IndyCar calendar. Uh, we are going to be uh, joined on the show by uh, NBC Sports. It sounds so official, doesn't it? NBC Sports, Nate Ryan, uh, who's going to break down just how Scotty McLaughlin and Scott Dixon uh, have gone. And Scott Dixon has been nominated, uh, announced he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's an American motorsport Hall of Famer. And the guy's got years to go in his career. That's how much esteem they hold him in. So Nate's uh, Ryan to join us before 12 o'clock. And after 12 o'clock, we're going to catch up with uh, one of the newly appointed uh, Black Ferns assistant rugby coaches. Steve Jackson's going to be kind enough to, to drop by and join the show. Uh, that is what's coming up as far as interviews are concerned. Let's rip straight into it. And this time of the week... It is time for our Mowers Club Hour. Uh, we've got two prize packs to give away on the show each week. Uh, utterly delighted to have um, you know wonderful support out there. Thanks to Tui Garden Producers, um, who are proud to support the Saturday Session Mowers Club, brought to you by Tui Lawn Force. Simply, we want to know who's out there working the land. Who's earning those brownie points to cash them in this afternoon? I, for one, Ben Francis, have a date with my lawnmower this afternoon. And I hope it goes better than my last one. What like one of those issues where, you, you know, when you tip over your lawnmower, you tip it over and the, and the, the oil and the, the oil gets sort of out of, and then you turn it on and then just billow smoke as if you were trying to reenact some sort of, you know, ancient war scene from the Civil War. No, I wasn't wearing any uh, Union or Confederate clothing. It was, I was just absolutely engulfed with smoke and it was rather embarrassing. You, I've got two things to say. Firstly, you seem like a guy that would mow the lawn in his jandals. It has happened. That has happened. <laughs> uh, that has happened. And, yes. and, and secondly, in a, in a past life, and, I, and when I say a past life, I mean just a matter of a few years ago, I actually used to sell lawnmowers for a living. No way. Yeah. And uh, I, I uh, and my esteemed sales ability with lawnmowers led me to earn employee of the month. 
at Mitre no 10 Mega. No way. Oh, magnificent. What was the key to selling some lawnmowers? Just, just your no- normal charm and, and general di- positive disposition. Well, I, th- I think I think the weather had probably helped at the time. There was it was one of those summers where there had been a little bit of rain and you know that caused the the grass to grow a bit. And then the key is just that when you're trying to sell a lawnmower, people you know or they want they want something cheap, but they come in and they say, "Oh, I want a cheap lawnmower." And you say, "How long would it take you to do your lawn?" And they would say, "About an hour." And you say, "Well, you're not going to get a cheap lawnmower if you're, it's going to take an hour to mow your lawns." Ah. Look at you. Is it is it like a wine list when people go on a you know on a hot date? You're like, right, I'm going to buy a bottle of wine, well, it, but I'm not going to get the cheapest. I'm not going to get the cheapest one. I'll get the second cheapest one. Yeah, and and the one interesting thing there was one brand. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but lots of people were willing to pay more for the New Zealand brands. So that was always yeah. a key as well. I like it. Yeah. So any, any, anyone who's out there working the land looking to score some brownie points, whether it's, uh, you know, mowing the lawns, picking your fed joas or uh, something of the sort, let us know on double eight double three. Every text will go into the draw to win our prize pack. And every call uh, who wants to chat sport with me now uh, for the next sort of 30-odd minutes, uh, feel free before we get to Thomas Waldrum uh, to chat the Chiefs up against the Canes. You may want to discuss that. Uh, Saturday session, Mowers Club between 10 and 11, uh, brought to you by Tui Lawn Force. Visit our new Lawn Force website hub for expert lawn Advice At the top of the hour, though, we like to inform you of what has happened in sport. It is our sporting headlines. No dramatic news sting intro that he's been demanding for weeks. No, still not being played. That shows, that shows the level of respect I have on this show. Matt Henry's hat-trick wasn't enough to stop New Zealand from falling to a heavy defeat against Pakistan in the series opening T20 International in Lahore. The Black Caps paceman became just the fourth New Zealander to capture a T20 hat-trick after Jacob Warham, Tim Southey, twice, and let's not forget, who could forget, who honestly could forget Michael Bracewell's uh, hat-trick from last year, um, uh, as he helped bowl out the home side for 182 runs, uh, with one ball remaining in their 20 overs, in reply, the Black Caps crumbled rather meekly, awfully, against the pace bowling of the host, currently coached in an interim role by New Zealand all-rounder Grant Bradburn, before being dismissed for just 94 runs. Yes, New Zealand bowled out for 94. Count them all, it won't take very long. Uh, all out in the 16th over. Hey, Wellington Phoenix coach uh, Ufuk Dele has confirmed he will leave the club when his contract expires at the end of the A-League men's season. After four years at the helm, the Australian says it is time for a change. He wants to try his luck further afield, but has not ruled out joining a rival club if nothing eventuates. Ouch! That would sting, wouldn't it? Hello, football fans, Phoenix fans. Love to get your reaction to that. 0800-150-811. I think he's good enough to go overseas and coach elsewhere. But imagine if he landed another A-League club. I couldn't stomach that. I'd, I'd ask, why? How? How is that possible? Uh, interest to get your perspective on it. Assistant Giancarlo Italiano and reserve team coach Chris Greenacre are apparently the early front frontrunners to succeed. Italiano with two candidates understood to have been interviewed for the role during the week, according to reports. I don't think anyone should be surprised this has happened. Uh, we had Damon Dome on the, on the programme just a few weeks ago, and he was uh, pretty explicit in saying, we're preparing for all eventualities. And generally, reading between the lines, statements like that, it's we're preparing for um, him to leave. Um, and same with football, and Paris Saint-Germain head coach Christophe Galtier has denied making racist comments while he was manager of Nice. In a leaked email sent to Nice's owners, it was alleged Galtier said there were too many black and Muslim players in the squad. Hmm. Galtier managed Nice during the 2021-22 season before joining PSG. Yeah. Where, 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 where else do I see a lot of black and Muslim players? 
Oh, the French national football side. Oh, that generally gets a World Cup final every year, every four years. Or win it. Okay, it's odd. There you have it, the very latest in sports headlines to 11 minutes after 10 o'clock. We'll take a short break. We will carry on after the break. We'll open the lines, get your thoughts on this beautiful thing called sport. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Our number is 0800 150 Please join the show if you want to discuss uh, all things sport. Double eight, double three. if you want to send in a message. And remember, um, with the Saturday session, Moa's Club rolling throughout the hour, time for you to get those fingers working, especially for our uh, mowing the lawns or, or doing something in the garden, earning those brownie points to be cashed in to watch sport. Or, um, or call us also to go into the draw to win our two prize packs this weekend back after this 12 after 10. What a song. 17 minutes after 10 o'clock, this is the Saturday session. You are with the Saturday session. Mowers Club through to 11 o'clock as well, brought to you by Tui Lawn Force. If you're out working the land, earning some brownie points, let us know what you're doing. All texts and calls uh, for those who want to talk sport with me as well. Go into the draw to win um, one of our two prizes. A couple of cracking uh, texts I'll get to you in just a moment. Uh, we were inspired, we being me, and I'll force this upon Ben Francis. I think he's begrudgingly agreed. Uh, Matt Henry took a hat-trick today. Uh, not too many people have taken a hat-trick um, in T20 Internationals for New Zealand. Um, it's a pretty impressive feat, but it's in a losing cause. Our weekend Warriors question of the week... I want to know what superlative performance have you had in your sporting life in a losing cause? What is the greatest thing you have done in a losing cause? And did you still go and celebrate despite your team losing? See, I'm the type of guy, if I was Matt Henry, and I know Pakistan's not a great place to have a raging night out, but I would probably go out and celebrate getting a hat trick in Francis, wouldn't you? Despite my team losing? I think you, yeah, ha- yeah, I think yeah, you have I to. Would, I would. Especially I in T20 cricket, you'd have to. Yeah, absolutely. Life is to be enjoyed. So for those out there who have done something exceptional in their sporting career, Weekend Warriors, I'm talking to you directly, I want to know what it was in a losing cause. I don't know. You could have scored six goals and lost 7-6 for all I care in a game of football. You could have dropped 50 in a, in a basketball game and still lost. Ben Francis has got his uh, finger up like Billy Bowden. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to think of like what amazing moments I've had in my sporting career. And to be honest, the, the, it's a short list. It's, it's, it's a short list. It's, I don't, there's not really a list. That, that's the issue. But the one that does come to mind now, I don't know if you remember last year, I, I took the Saturday off to play in, in the New Zealand Darts Pro Tour. Uh, yeah, we remember it well. We spoke to you and I've never heard you so nervous, my friend. <laughs> well, I had every reason to be nervous. I, as I, I got put in a brutal group. But my takeaway from that was I got to play New Zealand's number one and my fellow at the Oki co-host, Ben Robb. He, he beat me 4-0, good but, man. but I, I walk away man. from that with my head high. And the reason for that is because across the day, Ben had his highest average that day, and it was against me. So I say to him, I had to push you that hard. You had to play your best <laughs> darts against me. And the you thing, elevated him to levels he, he never believed he could reach. Well, he, he's, he's eclipsed those levels, but it was just that day. I think, I think he had like a 92 average against me, and that was his best by about three or four that day. So I, was, I mean, every time I see him, I'm like, mate, remember when I pushed you? Even though I had no yeah. shot at winning, but I just like, I like bringing that up. Oh, fantastic. So uh, your best performance in a losing cause, um, and did you celebrate? 0800 I just need to get someone to call. Go, go on, be first. How about if I guarantee you the first prize? Am I allowed to do that, Ben? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. I'm on the prob- Saturday Session Mowers Club with Tui Garden 
producers? I say so. We can can rig it. We can rig it. Uh, You may want to talk about that, your weekend Warriors. All actual professional sport, and what an afternoon of sport we do have. We've got the One New Zealand Warriors live here on SCNZ. Sam and Kempe uh, will have an awesome call for you. Uh, The Warriors uh, were humming along a a fortnight ago when I was last with you, Um, but um, they've had... um, an incredible win against the Sharks uh, not long after we came off air, coming back from a mile. A ridiculous come from behind victory, 32 points to 30. But last week against the side they'd already beaten, the Knights, they coughed up 34 points. That is, by my maths, 64 points conceded in the last two games. That's more than they conceded in the opening four weeks of the competition. So, um, has the last fortnight given you a little bit of doubt? Here's a hint. My producer's full of doubt for the first time this year. He, of course, is New Zealand's number one One New Zealand Warriors fan. Uh, so how are they going to go this afternoon? And let's not uh, forget an utterly mouth-watering uh, proposition. Hurricanes up against the Chiefs in Super Rugby. I want to hear from Team Chiefs, Team Canes fans today. I want a bit of a roll call. Where are you? Where are you listening from? How do you see this one going? I think the Chiefs aren't favourites. And why do I say this? Well, the Chiefs' schedule has been far more difficult. They are six from six. I know the Canes are, have won um, a lot, six as well, with just the one loss. But the Chiefs have played three New Zealand teams in that and have beaten three New Zealand sides and have beaten the Highlanders, the Blues, and the Crusaders in week number one. How did I almost forget that? Uh, while the, the Canes have played the um, Blues and lost and the Highlanders last weekend and, and won. So I think, based on that, the Chiefs will start favourite in my mind. I know uh, the Canes are at home in Wellington. Uh, so let's have a, a roll call from uh, those two fan bases and how do we see this one going. G'day, Bruce. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. I hope your Saturday morning's gone well. Oh, easing into the weekend, um, Daniel. Yeah, mate. Yep. Easing. Oh, got your easing. Radio What's going to be the highlight? What's going to be the highlight of your weekend? Well... How about the summon Christchurch? And I heard today that senior rugby, first division rugby, starting, and mm-hmm. and hockey, senior first division hockey starting. So I'm going to disappear out the door in an hour or so and go up to Nunwick Park and have a look at some of the top women's hockey for an hour, and then I might go down to Burnside Park and um, see if there's a rugby game on. Oh, could I, is this something mate. you do? Is this something you do regularly, or is it something? And you know where I'm going with this. Is this something you're finding yourself doing more and more? I've always uh, frequented, gone out, and just randomly gone. I'm going to go and see what's going on in the football or the rugby, and and stand there for an hour or so and actually enjoy it. Smell, smell oh, the fresh yeah. air and just enjoy. And I think it's important. Nice. And there's oh, generally, so. generally a crowd, you know, a, a good supportive crowd there. Families are always there. It's very humbling, you know. And I used to do it with my kids. They're all in their 20s now. But um, that that's so important. And I, I believe it's still reasonably healthy in the country. There's a lot of bad press about, oh, rugby's dying and all this sort of thing and a lot of negativity and stuff. But I'm sure... Genuinely, we're, we're a very active sporting society and we, we tend to be out there doing it. So I'm going to go and enjoy it. I've got some lawns to mow, by the way. <laughs> you're not going to do them first. You're not going to do them first, though, are you, Bruce? You're, you're going to, well, we a have... bit like a lazy kid at, at school, comes Sunday afternoon, you're like, oh, 
And so I'm going to do my homework now. I'm going to cram my Here's... homework, and you're going to do a you're going to do a shoddy job on your lawns, aren't you? No, I love doing the lawns. It's it's some it's a, I don't know what it is, and I almost compete with the neighbour. It's sort of a competition to get out there and, and manicure your lawn first, and it's quite funny. Sometimes I I'm out there just about to start, and I hear his his mower go. So out we go there, and we're smiling and waving away. Hey, I did the lawn oh, no, on the no, Wednesday no, it's not after a wave, work, Bruce. It's just it's just a nod, Bruce. It's just a nod, <laughs> isn't it? You don't wave. You just give them the nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Getting my brownie points too. Matt Sport, four strokes got to be alloy chassis. I had ten years at Mitre Ten in, uh, in Hornby, and I knew all about mowers as well. And that's still the one to go for, I believe. Good on you. And then after, after you. <laughs> Excellent work. Um, and you're in the draw, if not winning. I, I think I've guaranteed you the first quarter of victory. So well done, you, Go Bruce. Go so so I, so I was about to Ooh. ask you when, you, when you, when you, when you then get home from your afternoon of watching uh, club footy, when you switch yeah. on and see the best two sides in Super Rugby, clearly the Hurricanes and the Chiefs, <laughs> he, he's calling yeah. from Christchurch people. I'm trying to get a rise out of him. Who, who wins and why? Absolutely the Hurricanes. Um, I tell you what, I think they've got a newfound, I don't know what it is, confidence. They've, they've got a hell of a good feeling in the squad at the moment. And I think they're just quietly achieving. And I, yeah. I, I think everything, they're, they're benched. They've, they've got young talent that are performing. It's actually quite exciting. So yeah, and they've got, fun, they got fundamental... Team. They got fundamentals there too, haven't they, Bruce? I think their scrum has been exceptional, utterly rock solid, um, and we all know that tired old line because it rings so true. If you if you got that base mm. to work from, and then you've got some really dangerous ball carriers for which they certainly do have. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're they're going to be dangerous, but this Chiefs side, mate, they just win, don't they? They just win. They they stay in contest. Guys like Sam, K- how good Sam Kane been this year, Bruce? I read and I'll read out a chapter from Jamie Wall's really mm. interesting article he wrote for RNZ. Um, Sam Kane has not missed a tackle this year. Have you been impressed by the All Black captain? Is he putting some doubts to bed? Well, I, I guess it helps when you're if you're healthy and and fit and you haven't got injuries, and he had a good chance to recover and so on. And hey, he's always been a very good player. Um, I don't know. You, I'm not surprised by it. You know, there's, there's traditionally been Blackadders and some of these other all-black players or captains that have performed and so on, but there's, there's other players that are matching that as well, mate. Oh, no doubt. And no doubt, completely understand that uh, perspective. Speaking of mm. Blackadders, can you He's go get He's got a lead by example. Can you go get Ethan yes. healthy, please? See you some player. Oh. Hey, Bruce, thanks so much, mate. Go enjoy being with the people. Go enjoy your club sport. Do appreciate your call. Go well, buddy. Good to talk. 27 minutes after 10 minutes. Uh, t- t- 10 minutes. 27 after 10 minutes? What the hell? I've only been in radio 20-odd years. You'd think I'd know how to tell the time. 27 minutes after 10. Our number is 0800 You can text us double eight double three. I want to get the, the pulse of the Warriors, uh, one New Zealand Warriors fans today ahead of their game, rematch against the uh, Cowboys. Um, big win, of course, a fortnight ago against the Sharks, coming from a long way back. 
Uh, that is the most impressive winner of the season for two reasons. Uh, the nature of the win, they come from behind. But also it's the only team, Ben Francis, that the Warriors have beaten inside the top eight. Waiting for reaction, not getting one. He's not taking the bait. He's too, he's too sensible. I'd uh, love to get uh, your thoughts, Warriors fans, on uh, where the side is at. Uh, has the last couple of weeks sort of dented your belief? There was lots of positivity around them, and rightly so. On the back of the way they had defended, 58 points conceded through the opening four weeks of the comp. I'll say it again, 64 over the last two. That is troublesome. Uh, I'm, I'm boring. I, I just have My simple narrative with the NRL is if you can defend to a, an average of conceding 14 to 16 points a game over the course of a season, you're going to be right in the mix of top four. I base this on, I don't know, the last 10, 15 years of this competition. Uh, and I don't see it changing in 2023. Uh, and we've also got the Chiefs up against the Canes in Super Rugby. What was a top-of-the-table clash uh, before the Brumbies rudely beat the Drua last night and went to the top of the conference. But uh, Bruce uh, believes it's Hurricanes comfortably. I'm, I might be playing the emotional hedge here. Uh, I, I think Chiefs probably deserve to be favourites. They're unbeaten. They've beaten three New Zealand sides. They've had very tough schedule. Um, and, and speaking of Sam Kane, a man who was a lightning rod for, for much discussion and criticism, Jamie Wall, good friend of uh, the station, of course, uh, fine rugby scribe, uh, writing in one of his, uh, uh, one of his um, many landing areas Jamie does have. Uh, I think it was with uh, RNZ. A uh, really interesting uh, chapter towards the preview of this game, talking specifically about uh, the All Blacks captain, Sam Kane. And I'll uh, quote him. Here's the first all-black captain since Reuben Thorne to constantly have to answer questions about his form. But Kane has consistently been answering them so far in 2023 as the Chiefs have assembled a perfect record through seven rounds. It's really hard to not see Kane leading the all-blacks out as the starting open side. He hasn't missed a tackle all season is at the heart of the Chiefs' very likely title intentions, and the prospect of himself, Savia, or either Dalton Papali'i or Scott Barrett at blindside is probably enough for some of the cynics in regard to the All Blacks' World Cup chances. That's not to say there aren't plenty of concerns in other areas of the All Blacks, but Super Rugby Pacific, for all its current faults, is showcasing some pretty compelling selection form cases right now. Really interesting to get your reaction to that, especially if you're talking about the ensemble cast uh, who could force their way into a loose four trio. There's lots of names and iterations and formations you could go with, but specifically uh, the form of Sam Kane. Has he been showing you what Jamie Wall certainly does believe? That it's hard not to see him leading the side from open side. And he has been answering all those critics from last year. What say you? 0800-150-811 or text us double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Let's get to some of those, and I think a lot of them reflect on our Saturday Session Mowers Club. How's this one from Matt? Like this one. Morning, lads. Partner is out of town, so taking care of the lawns. What a guy you are, Matt. What a guy you are. You're a better man than I am. Good on you, Matt. Uh, he also adds hedges and also a bit of DIY. Uh, now you're just showing off, Matt. I don't like being shown up. Okay, Matt? I liked you. I'm not so sure now. I'll carry on. Working towards a 2.30 knockoff time for the Canes, followed up by the Waz. Thank you, Matt. Excellent. Good on you, Matt. Um, your partner will be delighted. Uh, Stephen Parker's uh, written in from Dunedin, and I'm worried about him, Ben Francis. I'm very, very worried about Stephen Parker. If Stephen wants to call back and actually tell us how he's doing, um, please do. I'm worried about you, Stefan. Why? Because uh, he writes on the Temper Bed Post text machine. 
on double eight double three. Uh, I'm out in the garden listening on the app and have just cut into a wasp's nest. I'd like to know, did you run away, like squealing at the top of your lungs, as I probably would have, and then tripped over on my jandals? I uh, hope you're doing okay, Stefan. Ben Francis, do you have any empathy for him, sympathy? Oh, it, it, I, I stood on a hornet's nest when I was younger, so I, I've got it's, it's a little bit traumatic hearing that. Oh, really? Yeah. PTSD flooding back. What, 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 what was the, the damage done? Anything? A body full of stings. Oh, really? They did get you. Oh, they got me. All right. That's, I, I was in no I was in the neighbor's place. Had to run back home and top took the you top off. Though. Oh, barely you survived. You're here now. You're here now. Yeah, but look at my face. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Saturday session mowers club brought to you by Tui Lawn Force. Visit our new Lawn Force website hub for expert lawn advice. And let's get to Tim who writes, I'm currently in a little yellow digger attempting to install some drainage pipe around my house. I have minimal experience in the digger. What could possibly go wrong? By the way, I just gave the whole house a wee love tap with the digger. Luckily, the wife is away. (laughs) Good on you, Tim, for having the old cojones to go... That digger, I don't know how to I don't know how to drive it or use it, but I'm going to. And I'm gonna do it within touching distance of my house. And then I'm gonna to touch my house. I've got I've got a license to drive a digger. Tim doesn't. I've got I've got I've seen Tim doesn't. I got my wheels, tracks and rollers. Wow. What what do you have to do to get that? Uh, you have to do a theory test and then you hop on a, a machine that has wheels, one that has tracks and rollers, and you have to uh, do like eight-point turns and show that you can manoeuvre all the aspects of it and things like that. Sorry, figure eight. Eight-point eight. turns. Sorry, f- sorry, figure eight. My apologies. Figure eight, not yeah. a three-point turn. Yeah, no, but like, like in the roller, you have to do like a perfect figure eight and things like that. Is, is that an important thing to do? I think it just shows that you've got c- good control of the machine because right. it's when you use these machines, you have to go very slowly with the throttle because if you move it just a slight bit too much, you literally go from probably like what I'd call the crawling speed to probably you would kill someone if you went. Oh, right. Yeah, so you have to be very careful. Sorry, it's like a little love tap. Yeah, Tim, Tim, be very, very careful. Although um, despite that huge risk that you've just painted the picture, um, I smell a Grant Elliott challenge. I I, I, I I want a drag race in diggers between you and Grant Elliott. Speak. Over how many metres? 50 metres? 25? Oh, let's go 100. 100. Did you know, actually, drag Elliott and, and Francis in a drag race in diggers. Speak, speaking it of, will stream this and it will be huge. Speaking of challenges, Grant actually sent me something on Instagram yesterday. There's something like a fireman challenge up in Auckland at the moment and he said, let's do this. And I said, well, mate, you're not even here. He's in Pakistan for weeks. That just that sums up Grant Elliott. <laughs> a wonderful man, incredible bloke, one of the very best going around. And I say that in all sincerity, and, and generally I'm not particularly sincere. Uh, great guy, but seriously, not the sharpest at times, is he? Yeah, I'll, I'll go to this fireman's challenge in Auckland whilst I'm here in Lahore. I don't know how that's going to work. Anywho. Uh, keep your messages coming, and especially if you're out there uh, working in the land. Good luck, Tim. I hope it goes well. I, I'm rooting for you. Send us send us a photo. Tweet us a photo um, of you in your digger. 
Uh, keep your messages coming. And this is all part of the Saturday Session Mowers Club. We love it when you're earning your brownie points to burn on watching and following sport. It's brought to you by Tui Law Enforce. Um, everyone goes into the draw who sends a text if they're out working the land. Um, but if you want to talk some sport, um, every caller throughout the little talkback session uh, we do every Saturday to start the show, also into the drawer as well. Got a couple of uh, great prize packs to give away. Um, keep your thoughts coming in on sport as well, including this one from Dave, who describes himself Warriors fan. Dave, Dave, um, hope it's not too stressful. Um, I, I do, I do worry about you based on your, your message, Daniel. I must say I'm nervous about the Cowboys game. Warriors teams of old would slip up here, a potential banana skin game, a must-win game moving forward, and looking at our draw coming up. Please, no more injuries. Yeah, Tamari Martin's a big loss, isn't he? For at least a couple of months, that's huge. It's um. You know, created quite the rejig. I know mathematically speaking, it is not a must-win game, but I keep labouring the point, Ben Francis. It looks like a softest draw that we've had for the one New Zealand Warriors for the first couple of months. Just one, one win, actually one game against a team currently inside the top eight. So I, I think that's what Dave's looking at as, as a tough schedule. So you, you're taking on the Cowboys, who I think currently sit 15th, uh, probably under-delivering under so far the Cowboys. There's plenty of talent there, of course. Um, I, I can understand why he's gone down the must-win route. Yeah, well, and just real quickly before we get to the break, it's because uh, the, the Warriors got five games before the bye. They've got the Cowboys this week. The Storm on Anzac Day, a side who they haven't beaten since 2016, haven't won on Anzac Day since 2014. Roosters five days later. Then they got the Panthers in the Magic Round, and then they got the Bulldogs before the before the bye. So that's a, oh, that's a howler. It's a, a it's a tough schedule, draw. and after a tough start, they struggle in this period. We're, we're asking questions again, so it's it's why it's okay. a very interesting period. All right, uh, thank you, Ben Francis. Keep your thoughts rolling into double eight double three. Um, we'll um, just part the calls right now. Might have uh, opportunities as the show progresses because we're going to catch up with the tank engine toot toot, one of our favourites, uh, former English international, former Crusader, former Hurricanes man. Uh, he, of course, is Thomas Waldron. The tank engine, Toot Toot, will join us to talk some Super Rugby in this Top of the Table Clash. This is the Saturday session. We are 18 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Let's look ahead to one of the big games this afternoon, one of two. We've got live coverage of the NRL match between the Warriors of the North Queensland Cowboys. 2.35, yeah, odd kickoff time for a Saturday. Uh, but delicious sort of matchup. It is the Hurricanes hosting the Chiefs. Uh, what was a top-of-the-table clash uh, before last night's win for the Brumbies. Brumbies winning 43-28 against the Drua, while the Reds uh, in up here beating Moana Pacifica by 40 points to 28. We welcome in the tank engine, good friend of the show, former Hurricanes loose forward, former Crusader. Let's not forget England as well. G'day, Thomas. G'day, Daniel. How are you, mate? I'm great, my friend. I'm very much very excited for your prediction of this match. Let's not forget, last time he was on the show, ladies and gentlemen, back in November of 2022, he accurately called the All Blacks an England drawing, and he hasn't dined down on it much, uh, fair to say. Uh, we'll get to that uh, very, very last. But, hey, let's start off with the home side. The Canes, Thomas, what stood out for you as far as their form so far this year with six wins out of seven and just a slip up against the Blues? Um, I've just been enjoying the the young talent coming through. I always sort of wanted them to have a chance and stuff like that and seeing these young guys come through and putting their hands up and stuff. I think that's been the most enjoyable part about it at the moment, really. Have they blossomed a little bit quicker than you expected? Were, were you expecting a few sort of teething issues? Uh, no, I think it was just... Oh, these, that's the thing with these kids. These, they're just their confidence. And that's, and that's what I really enjoy. They want to go out and actually want to play rugby and 
um, express themselves and stuff like that. And you can see that by looking at the Hurricanes squad. They've got a few of those uh, under-20 wider training group now, and that just shows that there is a lot of talent coming through at the moment in the Hurricanes squad. Pretty stable up front. You look at that scrum, you would have loved to you know, burst off the back of that in your day, wouldn't you? It seems solid as a rock. Oh, yeah, it is, and especially with uh, Lomax and uh, Franks. I saw um, Owen at the airport. We went down to Dunedin um, last week, and uh, nothing's changed, mate. He's so professional. Uh, he had his packed lunch again, uh, like he did when I was in the Crusaders. And uh, I was, I, I, it was, it brought back some good memories of just me eating KFC, and there's him, professional, having his, uh, 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 I think it was uh, bolognese and pasta and everything, and I was I was in the lounge feeding my face with scones and everything. Oh, it, was, it just oh, it was it was amazing. But it was just, it just shows you how professional they are. And um, but you know they've definitely got their scrum going. And seeing Jamie uh, Whopper there, uh, probably adding a bit of import as well. And probably I don't know, just bring some feeling back or excitement. I, I don't know. I, I'm still blown away. Owen Franks packs his lunch to every game. Yeah, mate, oh, they're just so professional. That's the thing with them. They uh, and that's why I was surprised to have his injuries and that because he is like professional and that's the thing when you talk about professional Owen and Ben Franks mate they're the, they're the top people you think of uh, when it yeah. comes to um, doing the right things to get yourself prepared for a game um, definitely hang around those two guys and you learn a lot Canes are averaging 39 points a game. I know there's a couple of, um, you know, blowout scores in there. The one against Moana Pacific is, uh, is right at the top of that. But they're up against the side, the Chiefs. Just masters at stifling teams, aren't they? They've conceded just 98 points in six games. That's so impressive, isn't it, Thomas? Oh, it is, it is. It just shows you the guys that they've probably got there and, and the work they've probably done pre-season and buying into their defensive patterns and stuff like that. Because then it's end of the day sometimes defense is about attitude and that's what um if you want to make your tackle and you you're going to make it that's what happens sometimes it's if you overthink it too much that's when it can um cause headaches but i think the chiefs at the moment are definitely humming and uh, they're definitely getting led around the field by uh, sam kane at the moment and putting us probably putting his face in front of everything at the moment yeah he hasn't missed a tackle all season um you must be proud of how he sort of responded to a difficult year last year lots of you know critics out there um you know you guys within the rugby fraternity always want players to do well and, and he he's answered a number of questions oh he has and i think he's just and that's when he's just gone back to basics and um gone around his core job and doing that and the biggest thing i've always rated that um luke jacobson like he, I reckon he's a very class player and um yeah. and stuff like that it's been a bit of a shame um, there was a Fijian boy, been uh, All Blacks. Forgot, forgot his name. Uh, Played number eight. Um, hasn't, hasn't been playing so that much this year. Yes, yeah, so I call it. Yeah. So um, where last year he was on fire, and it just it just shows you some seasons uh, you blossom, and sometimes the next season is, is a lot harder to replicate that um, form again. So, um, but no, I think that's the thing. They're loose forwards, and uh, have been doing a lot of. Um, grunt up front for them and just driving them around the field at the moment. Yeah, I know, I know you can't wait to see that loose forward matchup with Jacobson Kane and so I call it all, all, all starting for the Chiefs. Do the Chiefs, this is how I read it, the Chiefs are favourites in my mind, Thomas, based on who they've played. They've played three New Zealand sides, they've won three times. Uh, the Canes have had a, a steady diet in their seven games of Australian sides, or non-New Zealand based sides, and, and have only played two New Zealand sides, one Blues, one Highlanders, and, and a win and a loss. Um, do you see a clear favourite in this game? 
Uh, looking between the lines like that, yes, because of uh, some of the games. But then you sort of you probably do look at the the form that they've played against New Zealand teams. I think that's the probably key indicator, and the Chiefs probably have got that at the moment. Um, but there's something I still would have loved to see Peter Larkoy, um out there yes. out there today as well, just to just their raw power he's got, and he, I mean, he won't be afraid to go after it. And that's what I really like about about these young guys going coming through. So. Um, but no, yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs by a tiny bit, maybe. But um, mm. at least it's nice and sunny down here at the moment, and there's no wind uh, at the moment. Oh, it's glorious. Yeah, oh, the so Riviera um, of the South Pacific is shining, my friend. Can I ask you one last question? It is a Rugby World Cup year, of course. Do players see these games, these New Zealand derbies, as you know, all the more important? You know, selfishly thinking, I, I need to make a point here? Uh, yeah, sorry to be honest. That's the thing. Stuff is on the back of your mind all the time, um, and there's and that's the thing. I'm, in the background, there's probably selectors talking to people, and they're turning up to trainings and stuff like that. They, they all are. So you sort of, as a player, you know you know what's going on in the background, but you just sort of don't want it to affect you. But at the end of the day, that is there is some factors out there that oh, okay, the coaches have come in this week, and oh, have they been talking? How's my form? Uh, do I need to do anything better? Um, but then, that, and that's so. There's that stuff. But end of the day, you just got to go out on on the Saturday. Uh, Two thirty kickoff. These boys will be loving that Two thirty kickoff instead of seven thirty. Everything comes around so quickly, and you can just don't have to think too much. Get out there and um, and make it and put a best performance you can uh, on the field. Tank, great to hear your voice, mate. Hopefully, we can do it again. Uh, plenty more throughout this huge year that is uh, for rugby. Go fill up that KFC bucket. Uh, enjoy the action later this afternoon. Thanks for dropping by. No worries. Thanks, guys. And I'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thomas Waldrum joining the show. Great friend of the program. We love getting his uh, insights. Uh, you can just hear the excitement at the loose forward battle. You know, the form number eight there. He can't wait, nor can we. It's almost nine minutes away from 11. Indeed. Thanks to everyone who's played a part on the uh, Saturday Session Mowers Club with uh, brought to you by... Uh, Tui Lawn Force, visit our new Lawn Force website hub for expert lawn advice. Uh, we required and asked for a follow-up from Tim, who's driving a digger for the first time, Ben Francis, and had just hit his house. Uh, we wanted uh, state of the play. He's replied, minimal damage so far. That's a, that's a pretty ominous um, sentence, so far. Uh, and Stefan in Dunedin, you might remember, had uh, stood on a uh, wasp's nest. Uh, we wanted an update on uh, his issues. Uh, he, re- he replies, Stefan here again, only one sting. I got out of there in a hurry. Mrs. can do that patch up. Can do that patch. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, fair play, Stefan. Fair play. Quality and all. Uh, Warriors need to win today, ads. If they do, all is well. If not, I'll be worried. Love your show. Uh, we love your contribution, Stefan. Really do. Thanks so much. Uh, the Saturday Session Mowers Club brought to you by Tui Lawn Force. Headlines after this very short break. Saturday session, Daniel McCarty alongside Ben Francis, who's riding shotgun. Grant Elliott is in Pakistan, fair night. You will hear his dulcet tones today, and every week he is in Pakistan with the Kiss of Makeup Tour starting between New Zealand and Pakistan. Five T20 internationals and five one-day internationals. And uh, I'll repeat those one-day internationals taking on all the more significance uh, due to the injury to one Kane Williamson. At the top of the hour at one minute after 11, let's get to some sporting headlines. And the uh, English and Welsh Cricket Board is speaking to Test Coach Brendan McCallum about his involvement with 22 Bet, a Cyprus-registered online bookmaking company. Adverts involving McCallum 
um, have spent most of YouTube over the uh, past month. Um, and he is a brand ambassador. The SEB Anti-Corruption Code prohibits players, coaches and officials from participating in or encouraging betting on matches. Uh, to Super Rugby now, and the search continues for Moana Pacifica and their first win in Super Rugby's uh, Pacific game of the season. Uh, and their most recent loss was in front of a pretty passionate crowd in Apia. They've gone down by 40 points to 28 to the Queensland Reds in a historic clash in Samoa. Um, unfortunately, defensive lapses again causing big concerns there. This was the first time Moana Pacifica had taken a game to Samoa, and there was hope that uh, the new team would mark the occasion with the victory. Meanwhile, the Brumbies have held off a surging Fijian Drua side to win 43 points to 28 in Canberra to go top of Super Rugby Pacific for the time being. Later this afternoon, 2.35, it is a matchup between the sides who started the round in first and second. It is the Hurricanes hosting the Chiefs. And Matt Henry's hat-trick wasn't enough to stop the New Zealand side from falling to a heavy defeat against Pakistan in the season-opening T20 International in Lahore. The Black Caps placeman became just the fourth New Zealander to capture a T20 hat-trick after, well, everyone knows this, Ben Francis, Jacob Borum, Tim Southey and Michael Bracewell. Tim Southey's done it twice, of course. Um, as he helped bowl out the home side for 182 with one ball remaining in their allotment of 20 overs. Uh, in reply, New Zealand are pretty meek. As to be said, they were bowled out for just 94. In the 16th over, Mark Chapman top scored with about 34. I should probably know that. I should probably be more accurate. Uh, but it's just not good enough from a New Zealand perspective um, overall. Grant Elliott to break that down, um, the meaning of this uh, tour. And he will answer our Weekend Warriors question that we put to you. Um, and we want to hear from you today. Weekend Warriors, this is, this is you and your sporting careers. A chance for you to blow in your own trumpet. Talk about how great you were, and we don't care what the level it was. Ben Francis and myself have, have wallowed in, um, you know, the lower leagues our whole lives. Uh, but Matt Henry got a hat trick. That's pretty cool, right? That's pretty cool when you want a four New Zealanders to do it. But it wasn't a losing effort. So we want to know, what is your greatest sporting achievement in a losing effort? And did you celebrate? See, I'd be, if I'm Matt Henry, I'm going out celebrating. Ben, I don't care. I don't care if my team lost. That's the type of bloke I am. So Weekend Warriors out there, you might be heading off uh, to your first club game of the season. Uh, what is your greatest achievement in a losing effort? Uh, ben Francis gave us um, his a little bit earlier. Um, pushing uh, Ben Rob to levels the New Zealand's number one darts player has never, ever achieved. Um, it was only because he took on our own um, uh, soon-to-be world-famous darts player, Ben Francis, and executive producer of this wonderful program, The Saturday Session. Uh, I'll reveal mine a little bit later. I don't want to break too much. It's kind of amazing, so I'll probably do it right at the end of the show because I, I don't really want it to hijack the whole show, Ben, because it kind of will. Yeah, 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 I am, actually. I'm not sure what Ben said uh, in my ear went to ear. Um, it was very charming. Very charming. Do you know what was charming last hour? All the text messages we got, part of our Saturday session, Mowers Club, uh, people out working the land, uh, doing some hard work, whether it's the lawns or picking some fruit, um, to get some uh, well-earned brownie points to spend it on following sport this afternoon. Uh, the Saturday Session Mowers Club is brought to you by Tui Lawn Force. We had um, some prizes to give away too. We gave one to Bruce uh, for being brave enough to call. All callers, all texters into the draw. Uh, we're really split, aren't we, Ben, on who to give the second one to? Two, two messages really won our hearts. Uh, the guy Tim, who's almost knocked down his house driving a digger for the first time, and Stefan, who's um, you know stepped in a wasp's nest. 
I think there's only one way we can do this, Ben. We give out the prize. We're going to toss a coin. We're going to toss a coin. Tim, if you're listening, your tails. Your tails. Stefan, I know you're smart enough to recognise your heads. Keep the drum roll going, mate. No, no, I like the drama. I like the faux drama. That's magnificent. Uh, we've got our uh, second prize pack, two Lawn Force uh, handheld spreader and uh, some Lawn Force fertiliser. Here we go. Tails for Tim. Heads for Stefan. The coin is up. McCarty takes it. And what does that be? What does that be, Francis? Can you see that? That looks like that? a heads to me. It is. It's a heads. Stefan, the wasp crusher, who then let, lets his wife go clean up his mess. Congratulations. Uh, you've won our second prize pack, part of the Saturday session. Uh, Mowers Club brought to you by Tui Lawn Force. Visit our new Lawn Force website, hub for expert lawn advice. Love your stories. Love your messages coming in. Uh, there'll be another crack at it next Saturday. Uh, we'll take a short break, and I'll catch up with my better half, the best half of the show. Grant Elliott from Pakistan. Just a short time after New Zealand slipped to a heavy defeat at the hands of Pakistan in game number one of the five-match T20 series. We'll catch up with Grant after this. 11 minutes after 11 o'clock. Heavy messages rolling in on all things to do with sport on double eight, double three on the temper bedpost, text machine, temper and bedpost, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Gee, one man who could do uh, with a wonderful range of their mattresses, uh, Grant Elliott. Grant Elliott's had a whirlwind couple of days. He's whisked his way to Pakistan, has called the first game of the five-match T20 international series between Pakistan and New Zealand, and then hung around to speak to us uh, earlier this morning. It was a long, long day, and fair to say when we caught up with Grant Elliott, uh, Ben Francis, he looked rather dishevelled. Here is our chats with my co-host, Mr. Grant Elliott. Mr. Grant Elliott joins us from Pakistan. Oh, gee, you look at picture, Grant. Uh, it looks like it's been a seamless, <laughs> seamless sort of acclamation into the wonderful country that is Pakistan. You, you look fighting fit. Well, um, I don't know if I'm fighting fit. Uh, jet lag hit me uh, in the last sort of, I guess, 15 overs. I called Malinga Muralithran. I called... Uh, Baba Azam, Baba Zaman. So um, I abused their probably finest ever player or better. So I'll probably be, you know, thrown over the coals like Simon Dool has <laughs> over the last week or so for um, abusing not only Virat Kohli but Baba Azam. So, um, no, I, it's been good. I arrived and some guy who was sitting next to me when I was just going into like hour number 40 of travel I thought to myself, I don't think I can meet someone who likes cricket. And unfortunately, <laughs> I was at the, the I was at the gate to from Abu Dhabi to Lahore, and the Lahoreans love their cricket. So I sat next to someone who spoke to me, uh, spoke cricket to me for four hours, which was great. It was good. And now I'm but speaking to you guys. We've talked about this in the past. Chatters on aeroplanes, and and, and if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I'm very anti-chatter. Don't chat to me. Don't chat. You, you, you on the other hand, I, I vaguely remember you don't mind a chatter, but in this instance, you, you didn't want a bar of it. I, I love a chatter, but when I have that in my mind, I think about Wellington to Auckland. I don't think about, you know, <laughs> when, you're, when you're on your knees and you're in hour number 40 and you've got the last leg to Lahore, I don't really want to speak to, to anyone about cricket. When did Murali become Pakistani? That, that's big news. 
No, there, there was a guy that was bowling like Malinga, and I said, yeah, he bowls very, very much like Mira Lithran. And then the producer was in my ear, and he was going, you mean Malinga, you mean Malinga? I was like, I mean Malinga. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um, excellent. But has it been a warm welcome? Um, uh, are the Pakistan faithful happy New Zealand's come back for this makeup? Let, let's kiss and make up series. Yeah, the Kiss and Makeup series. Well, I mean, you know Lahore's my second home. I've been here um, second to, uh, most times second to Danny Morrison. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that Pakistan win is great, but we had a poor showing tonight. It wasn't great. Yeah. And we only had one day to acclimatize to the conditions, um, which, yeah, I mean, is that an excuse anymore? I don't know. Uh, because teams just, you know, come and go from international tours. There's not the build-up that you always used to get for tours now. It's sort of mm. you rock up and you play. But I think it just probably shows more the inexperience in terms of the combinations that we've got. And we're missing eight, nine players to IPL. Well, let's talk the anatomy of this game. Pakistan won the toss select to bat first. And if you're a if you're a New Zealander, um, you could not draw it up any better. The start, right? You've got rid of Rizwan and Baba Azam. That's his name, Grant. Baba Azam is kind of a big <laughs> deal in Pakistan. Both of them are back in the pavilion inside five overs. It's the dream start for New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, it was. But then they got going again. They um, there's a youngster who came in, same Ayub. I hadn't seen him play up until today, and yeah, he was he was brilliant. He got forty seven. Of 28 balls and Fakhar Zaman was in with them. So they developed quite a good partnership. And at the 11 over mark, I was commentating and um, I thought, oh, you know, Russian Ravindra is bowling to two left-handers. This is not a good matchup. And they were eyeing up almost 200 then. And then suddenly we got a run out. Chad Bowes, brilliant run out, one-hand pickup, you know, off balance throw, hit the stumps. Um, so like we do, we kept fighting and, you know, from 109 for 300, suddenly they were 131 for six in the 13, you know, uh, 14th over. So it was a great fight back. But, um, yeah, let it let it slip a little bit. Or I, I guess like 182 average scores 167 at that ground. Yeah. And small, small boundaries, quick outfield. You would have thought 182, okay, we've got a chance. But it was seeming around quite early on, like in the power play. I said, oh, it should be quite fat, flat, and, and we won't see any swing and seam. And there was swing and seam. Um, so that was always going to be tough when you looked at Shane Shah, Freedy, and you looked at the likes of Harris, Ralph, and their the new bowler, Zaman, um, who comes in and bowls like Malinga. So, um, yeah, uh, it, uh, they, they did exactly what um, – their bowlers were probably thinking that they could do was just knock the top off us. And we were three down in no time, 29 for three in under five overs. It's been their strength, their T20 bowling. Um, it, it saw them ride on the back of that to a World Cup final, of course. And we'll talk more about how New Zealand sort of didn't handle that. But but you look back at the last couple of overs of the Pakistan innings, New Zealand, I think we conceded 20-odd runs against the tail. That That's um, pretty telling uh, to push it beyond an uh, – you know, an average total up into that 180 bracket, which is always going to be difficult to chase down. But also in that, we, we saw the completion of quite a weird hat-trick for Matt Henry over two spells, right? It is Yeah, so I've been involved in a hat-trick like that in Sri Lanka, yeah. not me personally, but I was in the team when Jacob Oram got one. 
Um, and it's a shame I don't have the the uh, names of the players because we did have it flashed up from the the statistician. But I know Southey, Orem, uh, Henry, and I don't know. I want to say Milne, but I wasn't sure who the other name was. Um, you'll be able to tell the listeners, I'm sure. Um, and it, the one in Sri Lanka with Jacob Orem, we didn't even know it was a hat trick. <laughs> so. We got into the change room, and then someone said, "Oh, Jake, you got a hat trick." Well, oh, because you, when you get the you get the two wickets, but then when you come on at the death, you know it's been however eight overs or whatever since you bowled your last over, so everyone forgets. Um, so yeah, it was a strange one, but it was a brilliant catch though, Daryl Mitchell. Geez, it was a it had some rugby in it, which was great because um, Kyle Mills did the hacker. He, <laughs> I've got to tell you about the. <laughs> The biggest, the biggest stitch up of all time, right? The producer phones me the night I get in. He goes, Grant, I've got a great idea. Um, you're going to have to teach the two uh, female presenters the haka in the morning. And I said, listen, um, I'm actually, I was born in Johannesburg, but I tell you what, Kyle Mills will be brilliant. He will, he'll be excellent at it. So Millsy had to produce the hacker before before the game on live TV. Um, so yeah, man, it's, he's not going to like me for that. I don't think. No, that's brilliant though. Uh, you are right, Tim. How they got one recently? Michael Bracewell. Don't forget Michael Bracewell. Oh, there we go. That was the other one. Yeah. Is yeah, that, Michael... Have I got all the names then? So Oren, Southey, Bracewell, and now Henry. Yeah, now you're making me fact-checked, and we all know that's not my strength. I'd like to know, is it okay, and this is a question I've put to the audience, what, what, is it okay to celebrate in a losing effort? Well, and what's the most monumental thing you've done in a losing effort? Does, does Matt Henry go and get shouted now? And, and is that appropriate, or does that uh, go against all all the cricketing spirit? Well, that that's the thing. I mean, we were handing out, like, awards, and it's funny, in the subcontinent, there's award for everything. There was an award for the all-rounder of the day. There was the best performance. Yeah. There was the best fielder. Um, and we were like, Matt Henry didn't get anything, and he got a hat-trick, I think. And you're like, I felt quite sorry for him. <laughs> uh, but, no, it was a weird hat-trick. The thing is with T20 hat-tricks as well, I don't want to take anything away from him. But batters do kind of, you know, just give their wickets away at the end. It's not like, yeah. you know, you've knocked his off stump over, then, you know, ripped one past the gloves and then, you know, LVW for the last. It was sort of like, you know, caught on the boundary. But hat-trick's a hat-trick and, uh, you know, you've got to celebrate these things. So that was probably the only shining light. Our fielding was all right, but Matt Henry's hat-trick was probably the only shining light in, in the whole game, to be honest. What's your personal highlight? Best performance in a losing effort, Grant Elliott? Best performance in a losing effort? Um, uh, oh, uh, 115 in Sydney. We lost by 20-odd runs. Yeah, That was a good knock. And and I will tell you this, okay? Now I'm going to get bitter with um, the <laughs> That's the what Australian... I wanted. Tired and yeah. bitter. The combination we yeah. dream of, Ben Francis. You've really got me at a bad time now. So, um, and I think I may have been through this before. So, I got 100 at Sydney, and Brad Haddon got his first ever 100. Anyway, he celebrated like he'd won the World Cup. He, like, ran towards the members' stand. Whereas I just did a Kane Williamson. I just, you know, put my bat up. Anyway, he got man of the match, rightfully so. He got 100. They won man of the match. The next game in Melbourne, um, 
I got 70-odd not out. We beat Australia. They gave it to Michael Clark, who got 96 off 120 balls, and they lost. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I was <laughs> I was done for a man of the match award. But anyway, All right, yeah, so why the weekend we gone wa- off topic? <laughs> oh, because that's what we do on the show. Double eight, double three to our weekend warriors. We want you to blow your own trumpet. The best performance you've had in a losing effort. Did you celebrate? Did you celebrate? Uh, back to the New Zealand batting performance. Um, there's not really much to crow about. Latham gets a start, but at less than a run of ball. Mark Chapman top scores 34 off 27, but n- no one really was able to handle that very impressive attack. I think the only one that tried to take it to the attack was Daryl Mitchell. Like I look at the Pakistan innings and it was it was seeming a lot and there was a lot of opportunities of getting wickets. And um, suddenly Matt Henry's gone past the edge of Zaman, past the edge of Zaman, another Jaffa, and Zaman's just gone, geez, if I, let, if I keep them letting, like, letting them bowl to me here, I'm going to get out. So he came down the wicket, pumped him through extra cover, and the next ball over-pitched was another four. Milne bowled a no ball the next over to Ayub, and suddenly he pumped one for four, and they kind of like they got momentum. And Daryl Mitchell tried to do that, but then got out that over. He, he went four, or he went two, four, four, and then got out. Um, and then that kind of like really stunted us because we were three down inside the power play. So you know, whenever you get three down inside the power play, you're going to be struggling. And it was unfortunate because Chad Bowes and Will Young, they're sort of, I guess, they're trialing in a way. And that the T20 team, they'd be the most inexperienced along with Chapman a little bit in the batting order, and they just didn't really fire. So it was unfortunate, but they'll get another chance. They will get another chance. There's five games in the series. So we just have to lick our wounds, reflect, and we're going to be back at the ground in exactly um, 18 hours' time. Yeah, and hopefully you'll get 15 hours' sleep, uh, Grant Elliott. One <laughs> last one. It's a pretty big one. It's his first chance for us to – to chat about it last time we were in studio together, it was April Fool's Day. We thought it was a cruel April Fool's Day joke when we saw Kane Williamson go down in the IPL with uh, what we suspected was a knee injury of some substance. Uh, we've got clarity on that. You probably touched on this last week with news coming out uh, that an ACL uh, injury uh, recovery times anywhere between six months and a year just seems unlikely he's going to be there. It's cruel for him personally. Um, you don't know how many World Cup cycles he's got left. It's cruel for New Zealand especially. Um, how do they replace him? Is there an obvious person? Um, I don't think you can replace Kane Williamson. I mean, all I said was I think that everyone just shuffles up one. I, I do think that maybe – I'm a big believer with coaching is that you look at the tools that you've got and then you create the game plan around it. So – We've got Glenn Phillips, who's been batting quite low. So does Glenn Phillips then jump up to three, or do you just put Daryl Mitchell in at three, and then everyone just shoves up one? Uh, that's that's an option. That means that Latham will be at four and not five. I wasn't keen on putting Latham in at three, but maybe that's why Latham's opening in the T20s now and batting at three in the T20s. Maybe they're preparing him, but the reason why I don't like that is because Latham's been batting at five for so long in the build-up to the World Cup. He's been the perfect five to like resurrect innings and come in and you know yeah. play to run a ball. So I would leave him at five. And the other one is you know the the forgotten man of New Zealand cricket for white ball cricket is Henry Nichols. Henry Nichols was opening the batting, so. He was. So does that mean Henry Nichols could slide in where Devin Conway is and then Devin Conway goes down to three? 
Um, there's there's a couple of options. No, I don't think. I think Gaptel's done his dash. I just don't think they'll go back to him because yeah. I think that they've put their faith in Finn Allen. Um, but, you know, Jimmy Neesham's playing and he turned down a contract. So who knows? That might be, you know, the sign that they're willing to pick anyone that is not contracted to New Zealand. So that there is a few um, options, but I think the only person that can answer that question is Gary Stead. So I'll yeah. ask him tomorrow when I see him in the way well, he's not here, but I'll have to ask him in the fourth T uh, twenty um, when he arrives. I'll ask him maybe for the next show. Well, whack a microphone under his nose, um, and we'll play it on this wonderful show. But but you're so so right, Grant. There's no clear and obvious replacement because the guy is peerless, isn't he? Yeah, I think it's like Trent Bolt. You know, everyone goes, "Oh, how are we going to replace Trent Bolt?" And it's like, well, you can't. He's world class. Like. You don't replace Trent Bolt. You find another combination. That's what you do. You find a combination that works. And, I mean, look at what's happened to Matt Henry. Like, Matt Henry's been exceptional in all three formats now. Now that he's not sitting on the sideline and he's not thinking about his place, he's enjoying his cricket. And, you know, that's what happens. People start rising to the top. And even Adam Milne. Adam Milne looked amazing today. He was bowling 148 clicks. So, you know, he was bowling with pace and he, he had a lot of movement out there. And I think that's what happens. World-class players go, but players will pick up the slack and you'll find different combinations that work for the team. But unfortunately, it's getting close to the World Cup now. So we need to get those combinations right. Absolutely. And that's why this series is taking on all the more significance, uh, despite some uh, key players being uh, unavailable. Uh, with one day as five of them to follow this five-match T20 series. Grant, we're going to hopefully catch up with you every week while you're over there. Great to see you. Now I'm just keeping you up as long as possible with a really long outro. <laughs> a really long outro. Like it's like wonderful it. to say, well, wonderful to have you on the show. <laughs> we truly appreciate it. Um, and what, straight to sleep, is it? Even in your suit? He's, he's wearing his number ones, listeners. He's, he's looking immaculate. Look, uh, oh, there's the big Pakistan, the Pakistan star. 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 What about that? You'll go straight to sleep <laughs> in that, won't you? Look, double starred up. Look at that. The double star. Ugh. On the heart, just, yeah, no, doesn't sit right. Doesn't sit right. It's it's quite weird. Carl Mills and I thought that we were going on an under nineteen Pakistan tour because we've got this like <laughs> school uniform on with the Pakistan star on our blazer. Just doesn't seem right. But anyway, he did the hacker today, so he's done his bit. That's fantastic stuff. Grant, go get some rest, mate. Great to hear your voice. We'll catch up with you next week. Okay, guys, I love the show. It's a great show. Thanks a lot. It is, Grant. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Grant. Grant wonderful show. Um, it always seemingly goes up a notch or two, doesn't it, Ben Francis, when um, Grant's away? Don't know why. Don't know if that's just coincidence, um, happenstance, something like that. I don't know what's worse, forcing your co-colleague to do a haka and, and, you know, teach a couple of Pakistan presenters or being forced, basically, to wear the um, formal attire of the Pakistan cricket team. I have to get Grant to, to post a photo of that. You know, blaze it up with a big Pakistan star on the heart. Uh, that series continues Monday morning New Zealand time, Gaddafi Stadium again in Lahore. Uh, 4 a.m. New Zealand time, game number two. Uh, the remainder of the series, the T20 series, Thursday morning, they move to Roll Pindi. Uh, the New Zealanders will be happy about that. Remember the uh, the Test and One Day series just prior to Christmas, or over Christmas, New Year, wasn't it? That was all in Lahore. So they'll finally get to venture outside of Lahore for the third game, fourth game, and fifth game. Uh, all been played at Royal Pindi um, Cricket Stadium Thursday morning, 
Monday morning next week and Thursday morning. So it's you know a quick turnaround between games one and two, then quite a dragged out series before we uh, get into the wonders, which are very important, it would now seem. And that uh, series will wrap up on Sunday, May 7th. So a number of weeks and five one-day internationals. Um, you know, really important for the likes of uh, Tom Latham, as Grant pointed out. Where did they bat him? Um, as far as other uh, players who could put their hand up, Henry Nichols, of course, uh, in that squad. I-, I think it's a really important one for Will Young as well. Uh, he'll get some uh, time. Um, other other names who will likely bat in the top order, Chad Bowes, Tom Blundell, uh, Cole McConchie, uh, Rachin Ravindra, amongst others. Uh, we'll continue to follow that series uh, with interest. Huge year for international cricket, of course, with the uh, one-day World Cup. And now um, some big question marks hanging over the New Zealand side after the disappointment um, for Kane Williamson. I certainly hope it's not his uh, last go-around at World Cups, 32 years of age now. An incredible uh, contributor over the last three World Cup campaigns and 23 games. He averages close to 57. You just simply can't replace him like for like, as Grant eloquently pointed out. So it'll be interesting to see where they turn. And we just uh, wish Kane uh, Williamson a speedy recovery. It's 29 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Uh, we will take a short break. We've got some motorsport still to come before this hour is complete. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Jackson, one of the newly appointed uh, Black Ferns assistant coaches. Uh, that will come up after 12 o'clock. We'll have uh, all our regular features, including our minus uh, agritized workhorse of the week and our sporting tips you should probably run a mile from, uh, all before we depart at 1 o'clock. Stay with us, though, back after this break. Uh, time to make a correction. Ben Francis, I'm not above admitting my mistakes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it attempting to save my face. If I was to read out this, Saturday, 15th of April, 9 p.m. slash New Zealand Standard Time 4 a.m. plus 1. I'm confused. How about I just go to another website and say, I was wrong. I I, I told you the next one uh, T20 International between New Zealand and Pakistan is Monday. I should listen to Grant Elliott more, shouldn't I, um, Ben? I don't know if you zone out from time to time. He's zoned out right now, just out of interest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the next game is 4am tomorrow, our time. Not Monday, my apologies, tomorrow. And that means then it will be 4am on Tuesday, 4am on Friday, and then 4am Tuesday next week to wrap up the series before the one-day series starts. 10.30pm on Thursday night. Have I got that right now, Ben Francis? Uh, my cricketing expert brain does believe that is correct. Yeah, yeah. I should have listened to Grant Elliott more. I should have listened. What I was doing, I was trawling through the, the text machine. I'm very disappointed in our weekend warriors out there. Great question. I want to know when you have starred, but your team has lost. Did you ever bag five goals in a football game and then lose six goals to five? Did you ever score a double hundred only for your bowlers to surrender 410 in a run chase? Did you drop 50 in a basketball game but still lost? We want to know the best performance you've had in a losing cause. Uh, this is inspired by Matt Henry, who picked up a hat-trick, uh, but his side was absolutely thrashed. Uh, I think Matt Henry should still go out and celebrate. Double eight, double... Three, the Temper Bedpost text machine is awaiting your stories, Weekend Warriors. The time that you have shined, 
you have starred but in a losing effort. And did you celebrate? Uh, please do let us know. Uh, that is all still to come, we hope, from you. I'll, I'll finally admit my one. It's a pretty good one. I, I like to think anyway, Ben Francis. I'm going to take you all the way back to, uh, what would this be, under nines? Under nine football? How's this, Ben Francis? During a season, I scored all my team's goals. All of them. Every single one of them. And how? All of them. And we lost every single game. We lost every single game, but yet I scored every single goal. And I've been dining out on that story for about 35 years now. So, at least. So, you scored three goals? No, double figures. Thank you very much. Ten. About that. <laughs> Maybe some Enron and Counter would have it up at 11 or 12. How many own goals? Oh, none. Oh. Absolutely none. I didn't go back and defend, mate. It's. That's why we. That's why we're always a uh, man down so, defensively. And why we always lost games. Sorry, Zlatan. Sorry, <laughs> Mbappe. Goalloiter, absolutely. All about the headlines. So that's my uh, raging success individually, but a, an absolute basket case of a season. His whole season. Uh, who cares about me and Ben Francis, other than us? We want to hear from you. Double eight, double three. Times that you have starred in your sporting world, but your side lost. Let us know, double eight, double three. We'll talk some motorsport very shortly. Uh, stay with us. Indy cars and our thinking. We've got two Kiwis heavily involved this weekend. We've got a third also part involved. Uh, we will discuss that shortly. We'll talk some Indy cars after this break. It is 20 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Oh, you can smell the petrol. Time to talk some motorsport, specifically IndyCar. It's 16 away from 12 o'clock. Round three of the 2023 IndyCar season is taking place this weekend. The Grand Prix of Long Beach. Scott Dixon, Scotty McLaughlin heavily involved. They'll be uh, racing all formats. I think uh, Marcus Armstrong also um, part of the Kiwis in action this weekend. Uh, joining us to talk all things Indy cars is NBCSports.com. Lead motorsport writer, Mr. Nate Ryan. Nate, great to have you on the program. And, and Ben was just commenting off here. Uh, wonderful sound allow around Long Beach. It, it, it certainly is the place to be this weekend. It is. Uh, this is pretty much the number two race on the IndyCar schedule after the Indy 500. Uh, this is the race all the drivers want to win. It's all the teams really prepare hard for this race. It's a marquee event. It's the crown jewel on the IndyCar schedule. And, you know, it's not just IndyCar. You've got sports cars here. You've got vintage cars. You've got a lot of – you've got stadium trucks. You've got a lot of different types of vehicles just running nonstop for three days on the streets of uh, Long Beach, California. Oh, for motorsport junkies like you, this must be paradise, or one version of paradise. I, I, I know what we're 100 days away from, you know, a pretty big event as well. But, uh, you know, this is right up, right up there for mo- motorsport gurus. Yeah, I mean, it truly is. And it's, it's a really big race for the number one sports car series in America as well, the uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Uh, is running here this weekend. They're the same series, the sanctioning body that does the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. So, um, yeah, this is really one of the biggest events for both sports cars and open wheel cars, uh, single seat or cockpit, open cockpit cars like IndyCar. So it's just a huge weekend. Bizarrely, could I say that the first couple of rounds of IndyCars are designed in some way to make sure all the teams are, you know, at 100% for this event for round three of the season? Or is that a little bit too simplistic? Yeah, from here on in, it's absolutely game on for IndyCar. Because uh, once the series leaves Long Beach, it's testing at the Indy 500 next week at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Then you have a race at Barber. 
and then it's May, and May is all about the Indy 500. It's all about Indianapolis Motor Speedways. Through the opening couple of weeks here, Nate, we've had what? Ericsson's had a win, New Garden's had a win, but a couple of Kiwis inside the top ten, Scotty McLaughlin's in eighth, but of course, what, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Scott Dixon? Did I get that right? He, first year of eligibility to be a Hall of Famer, and he's going to get in. Yeah, he was inducted today, or not inducted today, he was announced today as he'll be inducted uh, next March by the Motorsports uh, Hall of Fame of America. Very prestigious honor. Like you mentioned, he gets inducted in his first year of eligibility, and he's going in with uh, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson, who, of course, was his teammate at Chip Ganassi Racing. So, yeah, very apt and very prestigious honor. And, you know, I had a chance to ask Scott about it, like, it's, I'm sure it's a little bit hard for him to digest and absorb because he's still got a lot of runway left in his career. I mean, there's still races for him to win, possibly a seventh championship for him to win. But I, I think a real sign of respect for his uh, accomplishments in his career and the admiration for what he's done. I mean, he's the first driver in the 1980s uh, to enter this Hall of Fame, which I think speaks to you know, what a legend he is, even though his, his career is, is still far from over. So he's just held in the highest esteem in the United States, fair to say. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, when you talk about the greatest single-seater open cockpit drivers in the history of you know U.S. auto racing, even though he's from New Zealand, obviously, I mean, Scott Dixon is right there in the same breath with A.J. Foyt, uh, Mario Andretti. Uh, obviously, those guys are in maybe the top level, but uh, Scott Dixon is just a notch below them. And if he wins a few more Indy 500s before he's done, uh, I think he'd absolutely be mentioned right up there with those guys. Yeah, two top five finishes through the opening two rounds. Uh, he's going to be right in the mix throughout the whole campaign, you would, uh, you would suggest? Yeah, uh, he's, he's had a much stronger start uh, to 2023, Daniel, than, than last season. And I, I had a chance to talk to him a little about that at a, a media event yesterday here in Long Beach. Um, and Scott told me that it's, just, it's coming a lot easier for him this year. And, uh, last year, uh, the cars had pace, they had speed. But there was trouble for them in execution in qualifying. And even though Scott didn't qualify well at the season opener at St. Pete, he said it was on him. He said it was a mistake he made where he didn't push it hard enough in the second round of qualifying. So he feels confident coming into Long Beach that he's in a better place than he was last year because the cars have more speed. And he feels like as long as he can execute, which we've seen him do time and time again, I mean, He's known as the Iceman for a reason because he doesn't make mistakes because he is so flawless behind the wheel. Uh, he feels coming into th this race here at Long Beach that as long as he just hits his mark, doesn't make mistakes, you know, he'll be right there uh, racing for the win. Uh, at the PBG 375, he finished fifth. One behind him, I'm pretty sure, was Scott McLaughlin. He's just inside the top ten in the overall standings after two rounds. What's realistic expectations for a guy who's quite a big following back here in New Zealand? Yeah, I think Scotty Mack is uh, destined here for a breakout year, Daniel. I mean, I, I think a lot of things are expected for him after he well, he really broke through last year in, in winning his first race in the season over in St. Pete and then adding a couple of more to that throughout the season. Uh, he was part of the championship fight heading into the season finale last year. And I think he's become a little bit of a trendy pick for some of the media analysts and experts over here as a championship favorite this year. I think a lot of guys are picking Scott McLaughlin as somebody who could win his first title in 2023. And um, he certainly showed that in the season opener, even though he had the crash with uh, the pole sitter, Ramon Grosjean, when they were 
racing for a position in what would probably have been the eventual winner. Uh, you know, McLaughlin kind of owned up to that. He made a little bit of a mistake and uh, ended up with both him and Grosjean going into the tire barrier and taking that race. But he, McLaughlin certainly could have won that race. He didn't have quite as much speed at Texas, but he still had um, a very solid sixth-place finish, and I, he's right there. And, you know, I've I, I talked to him this week as well, and, you know, he seems very, very enthused about this track. He loves this circuit. And, uh, you know, given that he's won at street courses, again, that he's won at St. Pete last year, it would not surprise me at all if he became a first-time winner this year at Long Beach. Uh, Pedro O'Ward, everybody's favorite Mexican Irishman, uh, leads after a, a couple of rounds. <laughs> uh, Erickson, Dixon, Newgarden, and uh, Palou uh, make up the top five. Anyone not in the mix who you expected to be in the mix or will be in the mix who, who find themselves outside of that top five as we wrap this up? Yeah, I think certainly, Dan, you, you look at the Andretti drivers. Uh, Ramon Grosjean, I mentioned, had that incident in, in St. Pete with McLaughlin. He was running up front in Texas, and he crashed. Colton Herta crashed at St. Pete after qualifying second, and he ran fairly well at Texas, but a lot of his teammates struggled. So I, I think that's been the disappointment of the year so far, has been Andretti. But it's not because they don't have fast cars. They've actually run and performed really well. It's just they're not getting the results. So uh, I would certainly keep an eye on Colton Herta at Long Beach. I mean, this is a guy who uh, won this race in 2021, sat on the pole last year. Um, he knows this track as well as anybody. And, I, you know, I would probably say he's a favorite based on how much uh, speed the Andretti cars had at St. Pete. Nate, an absolute treat to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Feel free to just put your phone down, walk away, go about your job, and we can just hear that wonderful sound <laughs> of the vehicles whizzing by. It seems like every 30 seconds. I don't know what type of vehicle's out there at the moment. <laughs> I think those are the sports cars. I think those are uh, prototypes and GT cars. So, yeah, I'll just leave my phone line open. You guys can just uh, record at your heart's delight. <laughs> Nate Ryan, you're a star. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks for Nate having me. Nate Ryan. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports talking uh, motorsport and IndyCars. Three Kiwis in action. The two we focused on uh, doing the both the oval and the street race. Um, Marcus Armstrong just doing the street race, um, according to my very knowledgeable uh, producer, Mr. Ben Francis. I'm a bit of an ignorant fool when it comes to petrol, as that interview is probably revealed. Oh, Put your I hands up again. You're so polite, so polite. Well, I, I, yeah, so the, with Marcus Armstrong this season, I think across, let's say, for argument's sake, they've got 25 races, 13 are on ovals and 12 are on street circuits, and Marcus is just doing the road circuits, which this one is. So he did the first race of the season, I think he was 10th or 11th. He didn't do the second race, and the guy who's doing the oval tracks, I think he crashed out, so Marcus Armstrong, another chance to push. But really promising hearing about Scott McLaughlin uh, and potentially you know, lots of people thinking that he could win the title. Yeah, and have a breakout year. That, that is very exciting. Sorry, I, I always find oval, oval racing specialists, and I know I'm getting sidetracked here. This is quite funny. You must get sick and tired of turning left. Like, all day. Imagine what it's like being one of, like a guy that drives like that, but then you're out on the street. You got to think, oh, that's right, the steering wheel goes that way. <laughs> that's right. Do you get one arm bigger than the other? Surely. <laughs> Surely you would. <laughs> oh, I'm getting very bored of going left the whole time. Yeah, so we wish Marcus all this. But you're so right about Scotty McLaughlin. That would be fantastic. And, and Hall of Famer. Imagine being a Hall of Famer when you've got a number of years left in the sport. Scott Dixon being, uh, you know, 
Oh, he hasn't been inducted yet, but announced that he is going to be a Hall of Famer. Well, it's one of the ultimate things in sport. I think whenever you do a sport, you want to leave some form of legacy and what he's been able to achieve in the sport and then making the Hall of Fame Huge. as well. I think Dixon's probably one of those athletes which is probably more appreciated overseas than he actually is in his own country. Yeah, that's very, very true. So he is one of seven people um, uh, who've been announced for this year's Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Uh, it's his first year of eligibility, and he's going straight in by the sounds. He'll go alongside, uh, it was Jimmy Johnson, uh, the great NASCAR driver that um, Nate mentioned, um, and some guy called Paul Newman. He's quite a good actor, made very nice mayonnaise, I understand. Or salad dressing. Oh, he was good at, ma- uh, I own NASCAR teams too, okay. Okay, that's probably why he's going into the Motorsport Hall of Fame. It's a terrible joke. Um, but hey, that's why you come to this wonderful show. Uh, we're coming up towards the uh, top of the hour. It's uh, four and a half minutes away from 12 o'clock. What can you expect in the final hour of the show? Well, plenty. We'll get to some headlines straight off the bat. We've got our Midas Agritized Workhorse of the Week. Uh, and hopefully I can convince Ben Francis to tell the story he needs to in that segment, as harrowing as it was. Uh, we'll also have our sporting punts you should probably run a mile from. We'll catch up with the Good Oil crew. And Steve Jackson's going to join us, one of the uh, newly appointed uh, Black Ferns assistant rugby coaches. Very much looking forward to welcoming him on board. It's uh, four minutes away from 12 o'clock, though. Back with the headlines after this uh, short break. Stay with us. Well, I hope you're ready for a good time. Final hour of the show. It's always a good time. Well, we like to think. It's a big afternoon of sports, team. Time to cash in some brownie points. Saturday session, my club had lots of people texting between 10 and 11 who are out um, earning those brownie points. It will spread them Maybe thickly this afternoon, you've got Super Rugby 235, Canes, Chiefs, uh, two best performing sides on the ladder, that is, in, uh, as far as the New Zealand teams are concerned. Let's not forget the uh, Warriors in action also. Tadazi just gets a kickoff time, 5pm, of course, full coverage right here on SENZ. Can't wait to bring you that one, Sam, and Kempi will have the call as per usual. So it's a big afternoon of sports. We've got a lot to get through in this final hour. Sporting headlines in just a moment. Our workhorse of the week with Midas Agritires. We'll catch up with a newly appointed Blackfern's assistant, Steve Jackson, as well. We'll cross to the Good Oil team to find out what they have got planned. And also, we will have the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from to wrap things up. But at the top of the hour, one minute after 12 o'clock, let's get to the sporting headlines. The Auckland Tuatara have won four. Sorry, have won for the second straight week. My apologies. Uh, to open the sales NBL season, beating the Taranaki Mountaineers by 80-55 to 55 in Auckland. The Tall Blacks' big man, Rob Lowe, had a big night. See what you did there, Ben. Excellent. Uh, 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 blocks. That's just greedy, Rob. Spread the love around. There are two games today. The Nelson Giants host the Franklin Bulls, while the Ears back up against the Hawks in Napier. Very latest from the sales, MBL. Matt Henry's hat-trick wasn't enough to stop New Zealand from falling to a rather heavy defeat against Pakistan in their opening series T20 International in Lahore. Uh, the Black Caps fast bowler becoming just the fourth New Zealand man to capture a T20 hat-trick, international hat-trick, joining Michael Bracewell, Jacob Borum and Tim Southey. Tim Southey's done it twice. Pakistan made 182 all out, one ball remaining in their 20 overs when they were dismissed, but in reply, New Zealand were meekly swept aside and bowled out for just 94 in the 16th over. 
And in the NRL, the Manly Seagulls have outlasted Melbourne 18 points to 8 to claim a wild Friday night NRL victory that revived memories of the famous Battle of Brookvale in a brutal contest. Lachlan broke um, crossed late to snap a two-game losing streak for Manly to help them climb back into the eight. But the story of the game was the uh, clear feeling and physicality between the teams. Um, they did not get along over the course of the 80 minutes with five players facing an anxious wait um, for the charge seat on Saturday morning Aussie time. So in the next couple of hours, they might know a little bit more. Earlier, the Cronulla Sharks uh, scored an upset 22-12 win over the Roosters at Shark Park. What has that done? Well, um, as we look at how the uh, the ladder looks, and I'm going to dine out on this for as long as the number one team remains at the top. There won't be too many NRL updates as far as reading the ladder live, the live ladder, if the Broncos are not top Ben Francis. Five wins from six. Not looking good for the uh, for, for the $257 return Ben Francis would take if the uh, Broncos win the wooden spoon. Sorry, sorry, sorry Daniel, I, you, your mic's off. I, I can't hear you. I, I, I don't know what you're saying. I, I'm sorry, sorry, audience. Daniel just cut out all of a sudden, so we might just have to take a quick break. Oh, I'm kidding, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, Daniel, no, you're no. back. So, yeah, I'm back. Uh, the Seagulls move to second. They're one point behind the Panthers. Uh, Rabbits, Sharks, Storm all on eight. It is tight. Add in the Warriors and Titans too. And the Dolphins, who are currently outside of the eight, but still on eight points. So too are the Roosters. Uh, essentially, you've got half the competition on eight points. It is just delicious, isn't it, Ben? It's a wonderful start to the competition for sure. Uh, we'll get the uh, thoughts on the number one one New Zealand Warriors fan, uh, Ben Francis, later this hour, to tell us what how he is feeling about his chances, his side's chances of getting a win this afternoon. You may want to weigh in too on double eight, double three. The question of the day for your weekend warriors, your own sporting successes in a losing cause. Uh, when have you shone or made yourself incredibly proud or celebrated personal success even though your side has lost? We were inspired by this uh, this line of thinking thanks to Matt Henry taking a hat-trick and his side getting absolutely towed and wondering, does he go out and celebrate? Ben and I would. We're a bit like that. And how's this for a, a message from Chris from Foxton? I hope I get this right, Chris. This is an awesome message on double eight double three. Ben Francis. Have a listen, everybody. Boxing was my sport, and I boxed in three weight divisions. 98 fights for 89 wins. My best losing bout was against Brian Kendall in the featherweight final for the 1970 Commonwealth Games. He was too good for me, but I was proud to have got that far as a bantamweight. I had decisions over Pat Ryan and Jeff uh, Rackley, who both went to the Munich Olympics. Uh, the sport gave me many life friends. That is from Chris from Foxton. Great story, Chris. Uh, yeah, no shame in losing to Brian Kendall. Um, Commonwealth Games medalist. Empire Games, technically, uh, before the correctors uh, get in and uh, have a little uh, dig at me. Uh, that's an awesome story, Chris. Thanks so much for sharing. I, I put this uh, out on social media as well. Um, and maybe I didn't frame it particularly well, Ben Francis, because all I got back was some wonderful um, instances of professional sports people doing wonderful things in uh, losing causes, like Kylian Mbappe in the World Cup final from last year, like Nathan Astle's famous 200 against England, um, Marcus Stoinis in that remarkable one-day international against uh, New Zealand Eden Park a few years ago. Um, although someone did send me a link to a couple of uh, rather funny ones uh, from the Wellington Club rugby scene. Um, here, Ben Francis, where uh, back in 2015, Ross uh, Taurima and Atofa Amal both scored three tries uh, for Tawa. Um, 
but in a losing effort. 44-38 against the mighty Maris St. Pats. 44-38. Six tries between two players. Still not enough for them to have a win. But my particular favourite would have to be the story of, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, Tupeni Kamakawera, um, the West Roosters player, uh, playing in the Swindle Shield of 2013, Ben Francis. He scored a hat-trick for the mighty Roosters, who put on 48 points against Northern United in a club rugby game in Wellington, Ben, but lost 97-48. That's in- <laughs> Wow. Wow. I'm speechless. It's nearly, 100, it's nearly 150 points in a club footy game. He picked up a hat trick, and they still lost by 50. I mean, I mean, the attack coaches it's, would have been pretty happy, but I don't know about the defense coaches. Yeah, exactly. But, but bit of angst between the coaches um, after that. But, but that is quite some story. So your own personal stories of when your side or you um, have lost a game, but someone in your team or yourself have had a, um, a, a monumental day at the office. I'd uh, love to get your thoughts on double eight, double three. We always like to have a little bit of fun. All right. Workhorse of the week time. That's also coming. We're going now? You want me to go now? Wonderful. Are, are you going to tell the story that I want you to share with the audience? All right. I, will. I know it's a harrow, harrowing personal story. Midas Agritize, workhorse of the week. Uh, athletes or things in this world that um, have worked incredibly hard to entertain us and have left us Wanting more, Midas Agritize, the choice of leading manufacturers. The floor's mine? Yes, the floor is yours. All right. Too good. So, uh, so my partner has three horses, right? My fiance, and yeah. I had to take them to the local riding club to get their hooves done. So it's essentially like a, a 500-meter walk around a, a corner on a road not too far from a state highway. Uh, so I, we took them there. All fine. Went to go leave, and it turned out that the appointment hadn't been booked properly. So my partner had to go to work, and I said, oh, "Okay, I'll take them back." Took the first one back without any issue. Went to get the second one, but the one I was leaving last decided this would be an opportunity. So he ran straight at me, pushed me over, and he made a, he made a run for it in the club. So this was a fully fenced club, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I quickly put so the jo- other. Jo- is Jonah not you to the yeah, ground? Jo- I, I was I was like my cat even though I'm the height of Jonah. Uh, I put the other horse back and went chasing after this other one, which ran all the way to the, the fence. But there was a there's like a, a gate, which is about 1.4 metres high, I reckon. And this horse, by the way, for those who are listening, is 25 years old, so he's no spring chicken. <laughs> He, he, no. stops, he stops at this fence, clears it with perfection. I think it's even like a guy like Sir Mark Todd would, be, if he saw it, he'd think, <laughs> what a perfect horse for the Olympics. Bolted it onto the road, and here's me. I said a few words that I shouldn't say on radio, so I... A, a, busy, a busy road? Uh, it usually is quite busy. When I took the first yeah. horse back, 10 cars drove past, so I was freaking out. And this is this horse is my partner's pride and joy, so I was freaking oh, out. No. So I hurdled the gate. I was running down the road swearing, going, no! <laughs> and, the, and, and, you know, so dramatic. Uh, luckily, no, I shouldn't laugh. You must have been terrified at this stage. No, like all, all the worst things possible that could happen to this horse so racing through your mind. I was so fortunate that no cars came around at this stage. Uh, it, it ran across into this paddock and a car came around the corner and I'm like jumping up and down into the road like trying to slow slow the car down. And the guy's like, oh, you're right, mate? He's like, no, I'm not all right. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, what happened? And I told him, he's like, well, good luck with that. And then he just drove off. 
So I had to call my partner to get her from work, and she came and, and caught it, and we had to you know walk it back. And he wasn't injured, and I say 25 years old, jumping like that, absolutely. What's the horse's name? His name is Fiddy. Fiddy? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You're one of our nominees for the Midas Agritise Workhorse of the Week. I've, I tell you, Even better, an actual story about a horse. I tell you, Midas, Daniel, I've never, I've never, ever <laughs> been so stressed in my life. If it was one of the other horses, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared. But this horse is my partner's pride and joy. She wants it at our wedding. She, she loves this thing more than it. She loves it more than me. Uh, so if anything happened to it, I would have never forgiven myself. But oh my god! And it was about nine o'clock in the morning by the time it was all sorted. And for someone that doesn't drink, I was like, I said, to, <laughs> I, said I said to my partner, I said, can I go open one of those bottles of wine at home? <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you for sharing, uh, Fiddy. Well done, Midas Agritise, Workers of the Week, European quality. Doesn't have to break the bank. Ask for Midas Agritise for your equipment. I'll get to my nomination a little bit later this hour. We'll take a short break. Steve Jackson's going to join us. One of the uh, duly appointed um, Black Ferns assistant coaches. Stay with us. We talk international rugby after that. 16 minutes after 12 o'clock. This is the Saturday session. Let's talk international rugby. The women's game specifically. New Zealand Rugby has announced an experienced coaching trio uh, to join Black Ferns director of rugby, Alan Bunting. Tony Christie amongst them. Mike Delaney and Steve Jackson at the trio. Uh, Steve Jackson joins us here. Steve Jackson has a long uh, track record in uh, coaching uh, following a long playing career as well. And we're delighted to welcome him into the show. Steve, thanks so much for dropping by and joining the session. Hope your Saturday's going well. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. No, it's not too bad, but I'm actually in Wellington. We're on our way to the new uh, uh, rugby facility in Upper Hutt. So, no, it's good to be in Wellington. Is that the first time you would have been there? Because I've never seen it. I, all I'm hearing is people sort of aghast um, at how amazing the facility is up there. Yeah, no, 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 never been there, um, but I've heard some uh, some really good things about it. So, uh, pretty excited to to get in and, and view it and and get amongst it. Hey, congratulations on the appointment. Well done. Um, you know, pretty exciting time to to join this this group um, after the heroics. The utterly uh, awe-inspiring scenes of 2022. Is that the way you view it? Yeah, look, it, it is. It is. You know, and I'm really excited about the opportunity that's been given to me as a as a, as a coach of, you know, um, for a few years. Uh, I think one of the things that really brought me to the to um, having a crack at the position was the authenticity of this team and and the way that they, you know, that they react and the thing that I really like about this group is, you know, they enjoy their rugby. And then they win, and it's not the other way around. Um, so you know that's what sort of um, brought me to to um, being involved in this team, and and then obviously to work with uh, such an amazing coaching group. Um, you know that uh, you know they're, they're good people um, first and foremost outside of rugby, but you know a wealth of knowledge that you know and, and, and good work ethic that we'll be able to build on. Yeah, it was so palpable the joy for which the side played with uh, last year and of course going to win the whole thing helps uh, but but even in the games leading up to the final at the knockout games themselves it seems like a mistake was made there'd be a laugh there would be a smile the way that they they, they they fronted and, and dealt with the media was fantastic uh, do, you, do you think at times we lose sight of that as a sport that that enjoyment needs to be central to, to any successful side yeah, look, I think I was talking to someone the other day and I just said, you know, I think, um, you know, with, 
one of our training groups in North Harbour, and I just said, look, you know, um, I think we've lost the the ability to laugh. Um, you know, and, and we don't have that real laughter within our rugby um, group anymore. So, you know, to see what happened last year and the way that the the rest of the country reacted, and and to be able to have those personalities and no one judge, um, and they were just who they are, uh, who they were. So, you know, again. Um, I, I truly believe um, sometimes in the men's game we, we get too caught up in, in that sort of stuff and we forget to smile and we forget to laugh and we forget to show emotion. So, you know, this is going to be an, you know something fresh for me and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite an emotional sort of a guy and I, I like to have a laugh and, and enjoy myself while, while I'm at work. And, you know, um, so I'm really looking forward to it, mate. Walk us through the process. I'm always fascinated by this, uh, Steve. Um, you, you've got a director of rugby, Alan Bunting, and, and now three assistants announced during the week. So, so during the process, are, are you do you communicate together to, to see if there's some sort of camaraderie um, and, and you could work together? Or is it just an outside force who sort of assesses what you've done and, and tries to fit you together? Just walk me through the process, if you don't mind. Yeah, so... You know, Again, simple process, you know, I suppose being involved in rugby, you have, um, you know, job opportunities coming through via email, you know, and then obviously word of mouth and people talking about, um, you know, the opportunities within rugby, not just in New Zealand, but around the world. And, you know, this, this opportunity came across my desk and, um, you know, like most most jobs, um, we went in through a uh, through a process, um, went through an interview process and then obviously, you know, Alan Bunting was on, involved in that interview process and then... You know, with the other two people that were in the, interviewing us, so they they came up with this group and and thought it was the best fit for um, the Black Ferns moving forward. And you know, I was just uh, sort of delighted, mate. That I'm, I was on the receiving end of a of a good phone call, not a bad one. And you know, but it, <laughs> like you think they'll they'll they'll, they'll assess who, who's there, and you know, not just around your yeah. rugby ability, your capability, but also you know, personalities have to fit. Um, you know, and as a director of rugby and a, and a head coach, it's a, it's a bit of a juggling act. And um, you know, we had a we had a couple of days together, and we we came came together pretty quick. So, you know, everything's moving in the right direction at the moment. Um, but as you know, things can change at times. Uh, but as long as we're aligned and we're heading all in the same direction, mate, I think we'll be good. Well, you're long in the tooth now, and take that take that as a compliment. As far as <laughs> experience as a coach, you've seen a lot. You, you've been across a number of um, um, facets of the game, haven't you? Whether it's, uh, you know, development uh, sides, whether it's, um, you know, NPC, whether it's um, at Super Rugby level, international experience as well. Um, but this is unique, isn't it? Um, that This is a further test to your coaching capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, again, it was an opportunity to coach at a national level. Um, you know, as you've just already alluded to, um, I've been involved with teams where we sort of start from the, grassroots and, and, and build a team and then, you know, take two or three years and then see where we get to, whereas this here is an opportunity for me to be able to work with the best of the best of the country and um, to be a part of that's pretty exciting, um, you know, that there's already established people um, within the group, um, there's already contracted people, so, you know, I'll, I'll be dealing with the best female um, athletes within the country, which, you know, is, is really, really exciting and then, you know, to have the ability to go around the country and look at the the youth that are coming through, um, you know, is also going to be um, something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, the Black Ferns, I think, assemble, what, next week for the first camp of the year. How does 
how will that play out? You know, how, how many are you inviting? And, you know, how do you new coaches sort of go about sort of implementing things that you want while assessing talent? I'd be fascinated tonight. Yeah, look, we are in camp. Um, the, the girls coming on Monday. Um, we've got a few players coming in, uh, a working group coming in tomorrow. Um, but again, like anything new, uh, you know, first and foremost, it's just going to be the first couple of days getting to, to know the players. Um, you know, sitting down with them and, and just finding out what worked uh, campaigns previously and, you know, letting them know who I'm about and um, realistically it's just um, trying to build some relationships and then it's not trying to implement too much. Um, it's just that to try and build the small things first and foremost and and then uh, once we finish camp it's about them, you know, sustaining it and, and, and working on the things that we've asked them to work on um, but also continue on with the good stuff that they've, they've already done. So... Again, this is an exciting week for us as, a, as new coaches you know, coming into the fold and uh, not knowing too too much about them personally. And, you know, obviously we know a lot about them rugby-wise, but you know, in the first couple of days, it's going to sort of be my job is to get to know each other, um, you know, really well. Not just uh, around the rugby, but you know, personally, family, um, you know, things that drive them and that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's going to be an exciting seven days. I know it's not your not not your uh, bag to organise the fixtures. How many games are lined up for, for the ignorant out there who might not be aware of the program for twenty twenty three and beyond? Yes, yeah. So we've got two games against Australia this year, um, the O'Reilly Cup, and then we go to Canada. Um, well, we've got two games up there against Canada and the and the US. Um, and and at this stage, there's uh, the top three teams from Europe will be coming down at the end of the year, um, which are earmarked at the moment. Um, I'm not too sure if they're are finalised yet, um, but we do well in these games against USA, Canada and, and Australia and the best three teams from that group um, will play the best three teams from up in Europe. So, you know, it'll be a seven-game seven, seven game campaign for us, um, split up into two blocks, um, you know, but after the, after that first block, you know, against Australia, USA and Canada, then, you know, our girls go back to FPC and, and continue on from there and then, um, you know, we'll probably come back together and select another group to go and play this uh, these three games at the end of the year. How much turnover from last year, player-wise, is there? Yeah, look, I think there's um, there's quite a few in this group. Um, there might be one or two new faces, and and again, you know, um, the players that you know did a job for um, you know, New Zealand last year, you know, obviously being rewarded, um, and will you know obviously be uh, within this group at the same time. You know, obviously the seven skills are doing their campaign and they've got the Olympics next year so it's a big focus for them so there's an opportunity for some some other faces to, to join this group this week um, and again you know the doors never ever shut as we say um, so there's always going to mm. be opportunities even you know because uh, if we, I mean sorry the Super Bowl pick is already finished and we've got a group coming in um, you know that will select to, to play against Australia and, and the other two teams that we're playing against but then you know there's through the FPC we'll We'll have a good look at the players and, you know, and if you continue on, um, you know, doing the best you possibly can and, and continue on the good work, then, you know, you'll be rewarded. And, you know, hopefully uh, some of these younger girls that um, haven't been involved in a Black Ferns jersey before, or, you know, are really aspiring to, to put the jersey on. So through these little um, opportunities that they'll, they'll get, um, they can really put their hands up. Steve, thanks so much for stopping by. Wish you all the success. Congratulations again. Uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what you can achieve in 2023. Thanks so much. They look, appreciate it.
Cheers, mate. My pleasure. Uh, Steve Jackson, one of uh, three uh, assistant coach named for the world champion Black Ferns, of course. Uh, joining uh, Steve, uh, Tony Christie and Mike Delaney to uh, work uh, underneath uh, Black Ferns Director of Rugby, Alan Bunting. Um, as far as uh, the division of labour, uh, Christie will focus on defence and counter-attack. Jackson, uh, who we've just heard from, uh, focusing a lot on set-piece restarts. Delaney, a former All Blacks First Five, of course, will lead uh, the Black Ferns attack. Uh, good luck to the crew in 2023. A tough act to follow, isn't it? Very, very much so. It is 27 minutes after 12 o'clock. We will head to a race a little bit later at 12.41. Uh, we're going to cross to Rickerton for race number two. So uh, racing fans out, fear not. I think before we get to a break and catch up with the Good Oil team, I think we can get to our second workhorse of the week nomination. Uh, Mr. Ben Francis, uh, the sporting teams or individuals, coaches or equine animals um, who've uh, inspired... Us during the week, uh, get our nominations for the Midas Agritise Workhorse of the Week. Uh, Midas Agritise, the choice of leading manufacturers. I- I'm going to be really positive today, Ben Francis. I, I don't have a non-nomination. I- I'm I'm not going to bag anyone out this week. I'm just, I don't know if it's, because Grant Elliott's not here, but I just feel really positive about life today. Uh, and I, I-, I just want to be positive. I- again, I, th- I think it's mere coincidence. I don't, I don't want to overanalyze things. But maybe. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to go to one of my true loves, though, baseball. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, get my nomination for Workhorse of the Week, probably Workhorse of the Fortnight. Uh, the Rays simply cannot stop winning. They have opened the Major League Baseball season 13-0. and 13 wins, no losses. 162-game season. Uh, winning 13 straight games, really, really impressive. Just the fourth team in Major League Baseball history to start a season 13-0. and You've got to go back to the Brewers' Uh, of 1987, then before that the Braves of 1982, and before that Ben Francis, the St. Louis Maroons who started 20-0 from 1884, Uh, that's quite a long time ago, Uh, what I love is the utter dominance about the Rays though, they have trailed at the end of an inning just six times this season out of 117 innings, Uh, they're just the third team uh, to have such a record. You've got to go back to the Gothams of 1884, Ben Francis, and the Maroons of 1884 as well. So we're talking historic level of performance here. They have a run differential of plus 71, so they've scored 71 more runs in 13 games than their opposition. That's the third highest by a team in the first 13 games of Major League Baseball season. Each of the teams at the head of them are played before 1839. There you go. Uh, incredible, incredible uh, performance. After game 11 of the streak, they'd hit 29 home runs, Ben Francis, and conceded just 20 runs overall. They have been frighteningly dominant. So they are my nomination for Midas Agritires, Workhorse of the Week. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays are taking on the Toronto Blue Jays right now and trail by two runs to one. Halfway through the game, what's the bet they get up and win that game, Ben? I, I would think quite high with the way they are going. So uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, 13-0, looking to make it 14-0. Uh, my Midas Agritires workhorse of the week. Midas Agritires, uh, made in Europe and trusted by leading equipment manufacturers worldwide. We will take a short break and then I think we'll try and catch up with the good oil crew. It's 29 away from one. 
25 minutes away from 1 o'clock. Uh, Clayton from the Good Oil standing by. We'll get to him in just a moment. Another message has come through. We have asked you today the moments in your own sporting career where you have shone, but your side has lost. We ha- you have been peerless, but your team have been uh, rubbish. Uh, Matt Henry got a hat-trick today for the Black Caps, and the Black Caps got thumped. Uh, here's one. It's a very dangerous one for me to read. Uh, ben Francis can deal with the complaints. At our club, Player of the Day and Dick of the Day are awarded. Dick of the day had to scull a large phallic-shaped glass of beer. One day we got thrashed. I got player of the day for an outstanding tackling effort and also dick of the day for missing one. I subsequently then broke the club record for sculling the beer. Well done, unnamed texter. Uh, put your name to it. Be proud of that. Uh, I have checked the phone records. It's not Clado's number. Hello, Clado. Good to see you. <laughs> Daniel, how are you? I'm very well. I'd imagine in your field, you know, the punting field, when you have, you know, the individual can't shine in the team context. You, you all go down with the ship, don't you? Yes, Once we you do. you stick your necks out. Yes, we do. And we all wave the flag when we win, as it should be. It's team effort. <laughs> Gee, we've got three meetings today. There's like uh, 25 races we've got to sink our teeth into. So TAB should have given us another thousand, I reckon, to get us through today. We can turn it into so somebody for the punters club. How many hours of prep per race meet do you put in? Uh, <laughs> hours. So it would be countless for you, wouldn't it? It would be about 30 hours per meeting, right? Yeah, but it's something you love, so it's not really like work. You know, like Tuesday, you might have a look at the noms. Wednesday, fields come out, all the draws. Um, start ticking a few boxes there. Thursday, you get the race form and the letterbox, and then you're straight into it, and then don't talk to me for two days because you won't get a decent coherent sentence because it'll be deep and the race form and NZTR for the videos. It's just, oh, just I don't know why I don't make a living out of this. And because you are the lifeblood, um, the economic lifeblood of SENZ uh, Saturday <laughs> afternoons, uh, do, do, does the company put you up in a hotel like, a, like, like the, the Chiefs would have been in Wellington last night at today's game? Do they get the group together, get the, get them to have a good night rest? No, no, we're spread far and no, wide. We, we might have a, um, I think our um, point of reference is probably HQ down at the Viaduct to go through the before <laughs> and afters, but uh, then the wins get bigger and the losses get smaller. Yeah, it is. We are three minutes away from race two at Rickerton. We will take that. Uh, but, Clado, in the interim, um, you know, what, what are the highlights of racing today on a, on a pretty full calendar, as you've already pointed out? Yes, well, we're at Tarapa today, uh, eight-race card. And, gee, if you, if you like a bet, find one in the last race, because that is probably one of the better fields you'll ever see, a rating 75. But if you like one there, you can have a decent go and get some coin. Uh, Easter Handicap down there at Rickerton today. But Hawks Bay, they've got the Power Walks, Power Works, uh, Hawks Bay Cup, and they're running on a good track today, and that's a similar, really nice field. So, some good fields to sink your teeth into all over the shop today. How was last night? Yesterday. It was a pretty big deal, wasn't it? The race by Grins. Oh, man, what yeah. a buzz. What, what a young guy, David Branch, has got this off the ground. The second year running, and man, it just exceeded expectations. The buzz. I sat there listening to SCNZ all night, and you could feel the buzz coming through watching the pictures on television because I didn't get that invite. But, uh, you know, we had bright and early today. <laughs> But no, good on, good on them, and uh, what a what a fantastic race! And copy that, what a great story around copy that with the best horses and the best drivers from from around Australasia. There, it was just a real, real honour to, to sit back and watch. 
Uh, have you got a dead cert for me today? I'm struggling with my sporting tips. I'm running a mile from. I really can't make up my mind. I'm wondering if you could help me out. I can always help you out. The next race coming up one. at Rickerton. Conor O'Kieran should just about win. Uh, on a heavy number track two. Down, number two. So it's a bit short, but um, if you go to the last at Rickerton, the one for a bit of value, I think, is second up. He's won second up before. It's going to take on a hot pot Margarita Veloce, but have a look for Where's Wally. See if you can find Where's Wally in the last. Well, hopefully you would be able to see your horse winning. Yes. So $26. Uh, I like the game, Where's Wally. And he won't Brilliant be running stuff. in red, red and white hoops. Yep. Oh, He's an that is tempting, Clayton. That is tempting. Go All right, fella, way. have a great day. Thank and you, And a great punt. Good luck. Great to see you. Uh, the Good Oil coming up after 1 o'clock here on SENZ. A big thanks to Clado and crew. It is a very, very busy day and what has been a very busy weekend. The race for gin uh, last night and grins. Grins. Get a, better get that right, Ben Francis, before people complain. Um, and we've got lots of racing for you after uh, 1 o'clock. But we will cross um, to Rickerton Park. Uh, meet number six, race number two. Number two was the uh, the word from Clayton from the Good Oil. I $2.40 for the win. Let's cross to our call team, uh, courtesy of the TAB, for race number two at Rickerton Park. All right, almost at the end of the program, and it's what you've been waiting for very shortly, the uh, sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. But uh, before that, Simon uh, via Twitter has uh, another little story about uh, times he has shone. And his team ultimately lost. Playing club, club rugby in Upper Muteri. Uh, been raining all night and all day, but field was playable. It was wet, muddy, but not windy. So stuck on the wing, I was not too cold. Never got the ball all match. One of those leather Adidas balls. They were rather slippery as soap. It was 10-man rugby. Someone tried passing it to their centre, who dropped it near our goal line, just near full time. I towed it forward, then dribbled it to halfway. The opposite wing was closing fast, so I towed kicked it as hard as I could towards the try line and it stopped about five metres behind the posts. The sprint was on. Two wings sprinting for a stationary ball. He was closer, but I had more speed. And as we crossed the try line, we both dive for the ball. He to ground it dead, me for the winning, scoring glory. I got to the ball first, grounded it in three inches of water as we slid a good 10 to 15 metres past the dead ball line. Conversion right in front of the post, and we would get the win. Problem was, referee on halfway called it dead and blew for full time. Uh, thank you very much, Simon. Lovely little yarn, that one. Brilliant position. Club referees, club um, referees and linesmen and, and, and all officials take, don't they, Ben Francis? Nothing like making a call from the halfway line. Don't don't get me started. Don't get me started on officials, Daniel. <laughs> I, I my my last ever basketball game I played for my school, I actually got ejected for abusing the ref. So, oh wow, okay. Yeah, I I, I, oh. I can get quite a temper, uh, Daniel. I don't know if you've experienced yeah, that, but no, I, I have no, quite a temper. All. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, speaking of school and Ray uh, and SENZ staff, uh, Logan Swinkle was also mentioning, uh, according to the Tauranga Boys College two thousand yearbook. The third form hockey team wasn't very good, but I remember scoring lots of goals. Uh, thank you very much, Logan. I've even gone further back in history to be even more desperate than you there. Uh, but thank you for playing. All right, Mr. Ben Francis, we've got a lot of time to take our time to weave more magic with our sporting tips we should, we should probably run a mile from. Not we, the people listening.
Well, uh, I thought before I do mine, I thought I I know you wanted me to talk about it all day, and I think you did try talking to me about it earlier. But I was well, I wasn't ignoring you. I was trying to wow. do other things, uh, and that's with the Warriors. Oh yes. Well, funnily enough, you, you bring that up because um, one of my tips, or, 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 one of the things I'm contemplating uh, betting on is the Warriors. And, and I know a, a lot of messages we've had from Warriors fans out there, they're not overly confident. They're not overly confident. I don't know why. I'm, I'm thinking of betting on the Warriors to win both halves at $4. I like that. Mm. My, my only concern I have at, with the Warriors is that they've had the slow starts and they've conceded the first try in the opening 10 minutes of every game and I think their luck sort of ran out against Newcastle. My one concern, and I've heard the coaches talk about it and they seem to think it'll be okay, is with Dylan Walker starting and it's nothing to do with his ability but when the Warriors, whenever he's come on, sorry, the Warriors have always been a lot better. But I don't, with him playing at six, I'm just a bit worried that they're going to lose that spark and that impact that he brings at that point of the game. Yep. So, so that's like, I, with what they've done this year. I can't I can't really go in as nervous as I probably usually would because what yep. they've done this year has been great. But if I do have a concern, it would be that we also don't have Wade Egan. Tohu Harris should be back, but he probably won't be fully. 100%. So, yeah, it, it is a tricky one. They've been the Cowboys this year who have not been flash, but these are the kind of games they need to win if they want to be, one, a serious threat, and two, to make the top eight. So I also touched on their schedule uh, earlier in the show. Cowboys today, Storm in 10 days, Anzac Day, haven't beaten the Storm since 2016, haven't won on Anzac Day since 2014. Then they've got the Roosters five days later in Auckland. Panthers the following round, Magic round, and then the Bulldogs. So that's the next five games, which is really tough. So they, they need they need to pick up these games where it, it could go either way, and that will be the difference between, between them probably finishing in the eighth at the end of the season and then missing out. So this is a big game today. But I think the Warriors do get up, and I do like that bet that you did mention there. Okay, so I've gone the Warriors uh, both halves. That's paying four bucks if you want to do that um, singly. You are entitled to. I'm going to actually bunch it together with two others. One, I've said it earlier, so I've got to stick my neck out and stay with it. I've got the Chiefs to beat the Hurricanes. Yeah, that would pain me immensely, but um, uh, they're, they're getting the nod based on having played three New Zealand sides and won three times. I hope I'm wrong. Chiefs paying $1.72, and I'm very, very bullish on the Broncos at the moment. They, too, like the Warriors, are going to win uh, both halves. That's paying $2.20, Ben. Um, you know, smaller return, but you, you slap those three together. He's not here. I've got to do a three-legged silly multi, don't I? Uh, because Grant Elliott normally goes down that path. Uh, if it was me, I would stick solely to the Warriors winning both halves. That would be that would be the one I'm feeling good about. But if I whack these all three together, that's, I think, about $15.13. And the one tip I have for the team that must win, they have to win, the Wellington Phoenix. They mm-hmm. must win tomorrow. $2.10 that they are paying... Big news uh, yesterday with Ufuk Tele announcing he is departing at the end of the season. Um, we don't want them uh, falling out of the playoff picture altogether. Just a few weeks ago, it was home semifinals. They've got to rest this form slump. They've got to find a win. Brisbane Raw is the tastiest um, as, as far as winning games is concerned. They're playing at Eden Park. They've never lost there, of course. Uh, get out and support the Wellington Phoenix if you're in the district. Um, and if the Wellington Phoenix get into the playoffs, that would be what the... F- 
third or fourth time under Ufuktele. He's essentially done it like third really time in four time. years, isn't it? Yep, that sounds about right. And the one time that they missed out on, they lo- uh, they missed out by one point. And if they get into the playoffs, the Phoenix have only made the playoffs eight times, and that means Ufuktele's done it three times with them. Um, he'll be a big loss for sure, but he needs to rest the side. They are paying two dollars here, a ten in a head-to-head. Mr. Ben Francis, have you got anything else? Uh, with regards to the Phoenix or tipping? Tipping. Uh, no, I I always like tipping on my football club, but every time I say it on the radio, they never win, so I'm, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. You are? Yeah. Because okay. they, they, they're, uh, they're uh, in a push. They're, they've got a very good chance of automatic promotion, and I don't want to ruin it. So, Fair enough. We will dedicate a full hour to Bradford City's climb to League One. Yeah, it will be League One. Do you know, actually... It, it would... Do you know what I've been really disappointed with, Daniel? And the, and the, and, and this will be good for our, our coming up segment we've got launching next week is Wrexham United p- fans. I've tried so fans. hard. To, I've had to, I've tried so hard to get someone on from Wrexham. I've tried journalists. I've tried people that do like fan pages. I've tried fans themselves, and nobody, not a single person from anyone related to Wrexham has gotten back to me. And I'm like, what oh, snobs? I know. What snobs? Just because a couple of Hollywood A-listers have you know, bought your team and given you heaps of money to over- outspend everyone else in the National League, you're too good to take a call from us. Yeah, terrible. Come on, Wales. Come on, Wrexham. You're better than that. You're better than that. Answer, Ben. I'd love to chat that story. It's a great yarn, isn't it? Uh, thank you to everyone who's played a part. My particular thanks to Ben Francis folding us all together. Have a great week, team. The Good Oil is up next. Until next week, ta-da. Take it easy. Have fun.